I am your host, Errol Marks, my co-host, Speedy, Petey, and Tyler, a.k.a. Duff Harrison, 631-672-3108 is the number. I'm always so happy to be here. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com, download our app by going to iOS, WWSRN, or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio network well 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 it is a beautiful day there is still a lot of snow on the ground i i would say uh piles and piles of snow but uh 50 degrees today at its highest and tomorrow 50 and then it'll shoot all the way down to 20 so long island weather don't we love it by the way uh we have a great show lined up for you guys in just a few moments we're going to be talking to x former Patriot and defensive end Jarvis Green. Uh, we have a lot to talk about today. We're going to get into uh, the whole Brian Flores situation, uh, the racism in the NFL with all the different owners in the league. It's just it's craziness going on. Hugh Jackson talks out and speaks out again. Uh, he's one of the coaches that uh, spoke out about the Browns when he was there in 2016 and 2017, paying him to lose games, which if that's true, you I've been saying this for a very, very long time. Uh, I believe that these games were fixed. And, 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 and that's – we go through these games. We talk about this all the time. Our foot, is football games fixed? Well, if this is true, I, you're talking about coaches admitting that these games were fixed. But uh, we'll, we'll get into that in just a few moments. We will also get into Tom Brady's retirement, our thoughts to one of the greatest quarterbacks, one of the greatest players to pl- ever play in the NFL. We'll talk about him. Uh, we, there's just a lot to talk about. Uh, we will also get into uh, the the NFC and AFC title games and who's in the Super Bowl, the Bengals and the Rams. And, and I'll tell you why. There's a good chance that the Bengals could win this game if Joe Burrow plays like Joe Cool always has played throughout the playoffs. So we'll get into that as well. And much, much more. A lot of football tonight. But we have our special guest, and he looks like he's got a nice hat on. He's driving in his wonderful car. We are now talking to former yeah, Patriots. <laughs> former former, <laughs> former Patriots defensive end, Jarvis Green. What's going on, Jarvis? Guys, what's going on? What's happening, man? <laughs> I love the hat, man. That hat really stands out. It's beautiful, man. Thank you, man. I'm just ripping and running. I'm in Boston. Uh, it's been a busy few days with work and also just with Tom Brady, oh. with Brian Flores. It's just so much stuff is going on right now. It's crazy, man. Uh, well, t- uh, we'll get into that in just a few moments. Before we get into your career, uh, why, don't you, why don't you tell the fans a little bit about what you've been doing since you've retired? Obviously, you're an owner of Ocean 97 Restaurant in Pat- yeah. Baton Rouge, 
at Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and also you're an owner and ambassador of Chef 2U. So tell a little bit about what you've been doing since you've retired. So, so long story short, I mean, when I retired 2010, I was in Denver. I got cut uh, on the last cut day. That was terrible by Josh McDaniels. And then I ended up staying in Denver for two years, worked in North Dakota, built some man camps, made some money, lost a ton of money, got divorced, whoopity-doo. <laughs> and then I got into the uh, – I did construction for a little while because I went to school for construction management. But then around 2012, 2013, I got into the seafood industry. Now, you did mention restaurant. Now, when I played ball, I did own a restaurant in a little town called Donaldsonville, Louisiana. That was my hometown that I grew up in around 2006 to 2009. But now, you know, presently, I have Oceans 97. I'm a uh, wholesale seafood distributor. Uh, sell a lot of shrimp, seafood, uh, food service, retail. And also I have Chef to You. That's a new app that's coming on board. Um, what people don't know, they may have known if they went on the website, Oceans 97, I'm sorry, chef that we signed a huge deal with uh, Simon Property Group, the largest uh, real estate owner in the United States and largest mall owner. And we're working with you know, our company, Chef to You, and Simon has teamed up. And we start our uh, food launch, our app launch in, in uh, Florida and California. You got the other apps like Grubhub, Uber Eats, DoorDash, all that stuff. It's something like that, but it's not similar, but it's very detailed. It's more for the chefs. It's half the price. It's more about BYOB, Beyond Brand. So that's what I'm doing right now. Chef to You, Ocean 97. As you guys know, we are talking to former Patriots defensive end Jarvis Green. So, Jarvis, why don't we get into your career? And you had a, a pretty good career, 28 sacks. Uh, you played in the NFL for about eight years. So when you were drafted yep. in the fourth round, 126th overall by the Patriots, what was it like being called, your name being called on the second day? It was amazing. I didn't know where I was going because prior to the, to, to, to the, to the actual draft that day, or those two days, I never talked to the Patriots. I had no conversation with them, no trips. It was a lot different on the way it is now when they have guys flying out and, you know, the way the way the NFL teams recruit players. So I didn't have all of that. I didn't have all the luxuries. But then I got drafted here. Uh, I left LSU with Coach Nick Saban. And then I came to Belichick. And, of course, if people know, Belichick and Saban are like best of friends. They're, they're like my buddy. They're my buddy. That's them, right? So uh, just when I got here, man, I mean, my eyes was wide open. I was blown away. They just won the Super Bowl. They beat the greatest um, – team on turf the Rams and then we had the young Tom Brady uh that's kind of where his his career started you know so for me it's been a blessing just to come up to, to New England and also just to be a part of all the success so why don't we talk about your New England career and you've had a illustrious career you won two Super Bowls with the Patriots and uh you got the chance to see Tom Brady really grow as a quarterback what was it like to play you know play for Tom Brady play with Tom Brady and play for Bill Belichick I mean, it was a great opportunity, man. I mean, it, it was tough. You know, Bill Belichick, um, you know, he wasn't wasn't an easy guy to play for. Uh, very demanding. You know, a lot of time you walk on eggshells, but you know what you had to do. Life wasn't simple uh, week in, week out, you know, to play for Belichick. But, again, to say it was an honor because I've learned so much from him as being a player and I've evolved but also playing with Tom Brady and watch Tom Brady grow and evolve as a player from, you know, the one Super Bowl 
now to seven Super Bowls. And you know, when you're in when you're in the zone, I guess a lot of guys can say about Jordan too. You know, like uh, uh, Wayne Gretzky, you know, all the greats, Barry Bonds, you know, whoever you want to call your great, that we're in the midst of a goat of a legend. You know, so in New England, my first few years, you're watching time play. And then I remember when we uh, we won back-to-back, 03, 04, mm-hmm. but then 07 came, and we had that great season, and we lost. And I'm going to say this, man. After we lost that game, after being undefeated, I thought the Patriots, we would never win anything after that. I thought that was our run, and it was said and done. But that wasn't true. As you guys know, we are talking to ex-former Patriot defensive end Jarvis Green. So, Jarvis, 2006, you really became a starter as a New England defensive end, defensive end, and defense, and really the defense really started to pick up because we all remember the 2002, 2003, 2004, 2005 defense. You know, with the Teddy Bruskies of the world, it, it started to transition with you and and the other the other. Uh, future defensive players, and 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 really, it really built through the 2007 undefeated season when you went to and you played the Giants in the Super Bowl. What was it like uh, playing in that year in 2007 with Randy Moss and that offense? How how dominant it was, and 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 the players that you got to play with on that fantastic team. You know what? I'm gonna say this, man. You watch Kansas City. You watch these other teams playing. And they put up all the points. And then you show, like, Kansas City is a great team, but their defense was ranked 25-27. I'm going to say all of my years, you could go check the stats. We had tremendous offense. But our defense was just as good or great. When I say that, I'm talking about my years that we was kicking everybody's ass. Can I curse? I cursed already. Anyway. That's all right. That's but all right. Yep. We we was top 15 in everything, but when it came to points, we was top five, you know, because I know I know we used to talk shit to the offense and say, hey, man, if y'all just score 21 points, we're going to win the game. So we're going to keep them under 14. That's the kind of defense we had, but the confidence was crazy, and we could be down. Look, oh, guess what? That 07 year, mm-hmm. we – broke a record. I mean, not a record, but we had like five, six or seven comeback games. Yep, I remember that. Yep. So I can remember we, we sitting there. I remember Vrabel, Colvin, we talking shit. We down about 14. We like, we look at the scoreboard. Yeah, we're going to win. We're going to win the game, pop champagne, whatever. But we had so much confidence in the team because we knew we had Tom Brady. We had Randy Moss. We had Wes Welker. We was killing people, man. Uh, I'm not bragging. Just It happened already, so I can brag about it. It happened already, right? Yes, it did. But it was just amazing, man. Look, when Randy came in, I remember when he came in the, the training camp, and everybody knew who Randy was. He was a badass. He didn't give a shit. You know, um, and he, had, you know, when he pulled his pants down and, and mooned everybody, you know, not pulled it down, but he portrayed it and he mooned everybody in Green Bay, whatever he was, Vikings. And when he came in, we was like, I was kind of like starstruck, Randy freaking Moss, the man. And um, practice, bro, he was making catches I've never seen before. It was like a Randy Moss show at practice. And I, and I saw at times Belichick face, 
he made faces like, oh my God, <laughs> what did we just create? And you know, and then people probably patted Bill on the back. Great move, GM. Great move. Great move. But I mean, we just play, I, I was honored to play around a lot of legends in New England. So Bill Belichick always is thought of as more of a stale guy, doesn't say much, and but he's also very disciplinary very. on the field. So what was he like yeah. off on and off the field when you were playing there? And do you have a unique Bill Belichick story? Um, Bill's very stale, you know, stale cracker. <clears throat> and um, he didn't grin. Well, he grinned, but he cracked his jokes, man. And it was like, where did he pull this out of his ass? <laughs> and then he talks about it. He may say something, but he look up in the crowd and he just grinned. Everybody cracking up laughing and every joke he had was dry, but it was funny and he was very comical. Now, when it was time to work, he was dead serious, man. But he was a great coach. Um, I'm going to say this, though. Like, if you're the young guy walking through the uh, the hallway, he could have his newspaper and reading it. He have his head down. He don't even look up. You better walk around him because he's not going to change his motion or his steps. He's going to keep walking. You know, so, I mean, that was, that was that's how Bill was, but he put fear in a lot of people. If you was young and you really didn't know the system or you trying to understand what was going on, he made sure that he always kept you, again, on eggshells. And you didn't know if you had a job or not the next day because my first two years, man, I used to mess up and make mental errors here and there, and every day I'm like, I know I'm going to get a pink slip in my locker. But that's the type of coach Bill was, but also just the staff. Absolutely. So, uh, Mr. Jarvis, obviously this Bell Belichick tree is starting to go legs, and you've kind of gotten the upper lifting. You had Saban, Belichick. A lot of people might not know this, but Brian Doble, the new Giants coach, was actually the wide receivers coach when you were in New England. Do you have any information on what the Giant fans can expect from Brian Doble? Dable. Gable? Dable? Dable. You know what? You know what? It's funny you say that. You say he was the receiver coach. Brian Dable was at LSU with me when I was at LSU. Oh, see, look oh, at this. I think it was say it was I think it was I think it was Saban. I think yeah, because I don't remember Brian in the league, but LSU. We were, I think it was LSU. We was together LSU. So um, Brian Dable, I mean, great guy. You know, uh, he he didn't say much, but he showed up. You know, had his tobacco in his in, in, in his lip and spitting everywhere. And and I mean, he showed up in coach man. So I know when I saw him got the Giants job. That was huge. Uh, great for Coach Dable, man. I mean, he's been coaching f- freaking forever, man. So to finally get a head coaching job, he wasn't really trying to rush to become a head coach, you know. So, I mean, hopefully he's sustained, and he does well, and he has much success. We are talking to former Patriots defensive end Jarvis Green. Now, Jarvis, uh, you played against many good teams. And in the AFC, AFC East in those years where you were playing – you played some really bad teams. I mean, the Buffalo Bills weren't a good team. The Jets, I'm a Jet fan, they weren't a good team. I, and obviously the Miami Dolphins, they were on and off, on and off. They weren't a good team. But weren't they decent when they had Ricky Williams? Yes, they did. They had a couple of years where they stuck out, but nothing nothing that really stood out where they were going to be a competitive. But, yeah. but we go down there and they always beat us, though. Yes, that, and that's that's the thing about the Patriots. They've always had problems against Miami, always. <laughs> Especially going to Miami. So, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I just right. don't get it, man. 
I don't know if it was South Beach, if it was the girls. I have no idea, but <laughs> well, we always had tough times, man. You were there, so was it? I, I was remember, it the girls? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, I plead, I plead the fill. <laughs> don't tell Bill uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, I think it was just more like you say, it was like that hometown robbery or the next town over, and it always was so much going on. But I can remember, man, playing Ricky Williams. That dude was a, bull, a, bull, a bulldozer running through there with his head down, didn't say nothing. We sitting there grabbing his dress, talking shit to him. He walked back to the huddle with his freaking python arms. And, I mean, I remember one game, I think he had like maybe 42 carries, 180 yards. Mm-hmm. We won the game, but, man, when I say we was beat up and sore, but, I mean, the, the AFC East has just always been that type of style of play right. and physical. But I think at the same time, nobody really feared each other because everybody showed up for game day. Well, it doesn't matter the record. The record didn't matter, right? Yeah, well, you're right. But they, everybody feared the AFC. The only team that they feared was the Patriots. Nobody feared the Jets. Nobody yeah. feared Miami, and nobody feared oh, Buffalo. True, true. You know, so true, it, it, true. you had to you had to walk into New England, and you had to. And New England always had home field advantage every single year because they played in the AFC East. You know this, and and it was almost a guaranteed two wins against all three of those teams. Almost guaranteed. Yeah, always. Yeah. So I, I agree always. So so why do we get into the CTE thing? And and you were in the league when all this stuff was going on, and and with with all these uh, headhunters, and we've heard we've we've seen so many guys go out there. We we all know about the Saints and and, and the situation over there with New, uh, New Orleans. So tell us a little bit about what you thought when when this stuff was coming out with the doctors, and they they came out with this new disease, brain disease. Were were you scared when when you heard about this stuff? And, and did you think the NFL did the right thing uh, when when it came out the way it did? Well, I could tell you this, man. When, when I got closer to my retirement, I was never a guy that got headaches. I started getting headaches. Um, I was very cloudy. I couldn't think right. I was all I was all messed up when I retired, man. Because right when I got done, I was in Denver. My ex wife, the kids, my wife was in school. The kids was in school. And I bought my my parents, my dad up, and his girlfriend, or well, his wife, his wife. And I couldn't do nothing, man. And I mean, I started drinking heavily, and it just got crazy for me. And um, and I always told my ex-wife, I say something going on in my head. I mean, I don't know what it is, but I'm having like nightmares, and I'm waking up cold sweats, and I started having more and more headaches. She said, "Oh, you're just fine. Nothing wrong with you." I said, "Yeah, but I mean." It ain't the drinking. I don't drink that much. And, and I'm like, I, I, I can't think. And then people start talking to me and I'm doing shit and making irrational decisions. And I kept saying this. I kept saying this. She said, honey, you're fine. Nothing wrong with you. And then when I saw the thing with Will Smith, but see, the thing with Will Smith movie, this is, I'm going to say this is what crazy. This is what is crazy. So we have our union meetings. And it came a time when we were getting close to the lockout. And I remember when uh, Mike Vrabel was our like union team president. Mm-hmm. You know, each team got a president, and we started having meetings, and we had to kick the coaches out. And the coaches like was getting upset because Bill was like, "Oh, come on!" And then Vrabel like, "Okay, Bill, this is this is like business. He's like, you got to give us our time. Y'all got to leave." And and we used to be like, "Oh, everybody, get out, get out, get out. <laughs> we got to talk." And when Vrabel was talking, you know what he was talking about? We were talking about all the guys from Pittsburgh. So he was having reports on the different guys and shit was getting all fucked up. Mm-hmm. 
So all the stuff you saw with the movie Concussion, we was hearing those stories way before the movie. And I'm like, I remember we talked about the guy, like the guy that duct taped his legs and shit. Mm-hmm. And Vrabel, we were talk- if this is serious, man, he would bring this shit up. I said, who the fuck is, what is going on? <laughs> and at the time, when the word came out, it was like, we can't even pronounce that shit. Mm-hmm. And it's what? C- I mean, like, what is CTE? Mm-hmm. And it got so bad, man, to the point they was making it about the, the lockout, but it was more than that. It was the lockout, and we brought this CTE thing up because we was like, we need more benefits. Uh-huh. We need to be taken care of. We need more profit sharing, and it was a give and take. And it was so sad, but I'm going to say what's sad is that when we decided to make Goodell the goddamn over the CTE in the uh-huh. lawsuit, uh-huh. and we should have just had a mediator to do it because they promised... Like I'm, I'm a level one guy, so I'm, I'm the first level. You don't want to be a level three, four, five, because you're gonna be either in a wheelchair with a diaper on or drooling from the mouth. And I'm a level one guy, but they told us in the beginning that it doesn't matter, whatever you level you are, you're gonna get your money. But then you saw that situation with the lawsuit that they had the discrimination between black and white athletes, and that the black guys wasn't all fucked up, and then the white guys were getting their money. It's like all this bullshit, man. I'm like, just give me my goddamn money, you know? So it just, every time something goes on, it's controversy behind it, and it's a waste of goddamn time and money and lawyers. As you guys know, oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. Go ahead. But is it real? Yes, it's real. Mm. You see cases, and I remember when Junior shot himself. Mm -hmm. I mean, Junior had, Junior was the life of the freaking party. He had everything. He had his restaurant. I don't know how his restaurant was doing, but he could have went back to San Diego, and he was a freaking god. Why would he shoot himself in the chest and leave a goddamn note? Why? Mm. You know? But he's a pioneer. He's an animal. He's a warrior. And he probably was doing that just for the significance to help the guys after. But it's just sad on what's going on with all these guys and after life after football. And it's terrible, man. And the league is still making billions and billions and billions of dollars. They do over $10 billion a year. Mm. Not in 10 years, a year. Because we get the short end of the stick. We are talking to former Patriots defensive end and Jar- Jarvis Green. Jarvis, you know, you, you speak about CT. I didn't even know that you had CT. Well, I'm a level one, so I don't really have any show of it. The tests are goddamn stupid that they do. I took the test. I didn't pass the test. Somebody talked about they give the test to fucking monkeys. It's so much bullshit, man. Yeah. And it's like they told us that whatever level you are, you're going to get the money. Because say right now I'm 43. Right. But what happened? In, okay, you know what? Good story. I'm going to tell you this. I remember for a few years ago, I went to one Super Bowl. I'm not sure if it was San Francisco, 2015, whatever. I'm hanging out with Chris Dolman, shooting the shit, drinking cocktails, mm-hmm. talking. Normal conversation. Chris Dolman is standing up above me. We're doing fucking rip moves and shit. And, <laughs> you know, he showed me some of his moves. I'm dumb. I'm retired. But I'll play. I, I, Chris Dolman was my guy on fucking Check My Bowl. Right? And... I remember Cisco Perkins, Kevin Falk, and another friend of mine, they all went to Randy Moss uh, Hall of Fame induction. I saw this guy in a wheelchair on a video on a picture. I say, Who who is that? And my boy say, That's Chris Dolman. 
your boy Chris. I said, he in a fucking wheelchair? He said, Jarvis, he's dead now. I'm like, what? He was like, Jarvis, he's drooling from the mouth. He like fucked up. CTE. Really? That's a story that nobody talked about. How many other guys just like that in the same situation go from night and day? You know, so don't, and I tell people, don't tell me that we are fucking normal. We're not, I'm one guy. There's many guys that feel the same way. It's unbelievable. It really is. And I, I think Roger Goodell and the NFL struck out on this. $100 yeah, million. Dollars. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You could say it. I slipped just now. You could say it. You could say yeah. it because I say it all the time on the loud show. Loud mouth. Loud mouth. <laughs> That's right. I don't hold back on him either, man. I don't hold back on him either. I don't care if he hates my guts, man. He's, he's an yeah. ass, and, and yeah, he's go. done – this, this guy's making 40-something million dollars a year. He's got free plane rides, his own jet, and he's got him and his family get benefits for the rest of their lives. And these poor NFL players, they don't get enough, and they haven't gotten enough back from the NFL after this whole CTE thing came out. So why don't we get into this whole racism coaching thing that's going on right now in the NFL? And Brian Flores spoken out for all the African-American coaches. Hugh Jackson spoke out today and pretty much through the Cleveland Browns you know, to the Wolves, obviously, in 2016, 2017. You know, you know, you know what? Mm-hmm. You know what? Hugh Jackson, he right now, he's on a high horse. I'm glad he went to Jackson State. We saw what Deion Sanders doing down there. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. He went to Grambling State. We see what Deion is doing, bringing money to the program directly, indirectly. And we, I think we'll have more guys that are going to go to the college program that's going to produce that, get guys in, make the money. Because at the end of the day, you know, football equals money. No money, no football. And Coach Brian, smart guy. I can remember when I was here and we used to have days and we used to be done and we'd be out playing flag football for Brewski Flag Football, thanks for his foundation. And I remember Coach Brian, when he was there, he came a long way. He worked hard. And um, I think right now he's going to pull – a fucking Kaepernick. That's what he's about to do. Mm-hmm. And he's going to take the fucking risk. And I guarantee you his counsel will say, you know what? This is what's going to happen. Either you're going to get blackballed, go get your money, or they're going to get rid of Ross, the Miami Dolphins head coach. Somebody will pay and somebody will suffer the consequences. Now, if he does it, he wins the money, he's going to be happy for the rest of his life and move on. But this is my thing, though. What if Ross go and drop it now. He said he gave him $100,000 for every game that they lose to get the first-round pick. But what if he can't find any information, he can't prove any court, but then he got Ross, but it happened. So why would Brian Flores make that shit up, mm. number one? Now, if it's a lie, somebody's going to have to fall from the throne. It's either going to be him, he lost his head coaching job, but he got other offers right from the Saints, and it's another team that I heard that he may have offers from. Mm-hmm. So he got to either take those offers. If you get an offer, they might give him a job to say, hey, you know what, we're going to pat you in the hand. This never happened. But what about the co- the owner right. that did this? What mm-hmm. about him? What are you going to pay, a fine for half a million dollars and can't be there for the year? That's petty money. It's to him. That's a drop in the bucket. Jarvis, I do believe, not just in the NFL, in all professional sports, there are racism, and there is racism out there. And, and, and you look at the coaching, not only, not only in, in, in regular professional sports, but even in college sports. Go look at how many black African-American coaches are in college. There are not many of them. Is yeah. there, in, in, in the no. way, 
the way the league and, and the way the league is transitioned into the way it is, and even the even even quarterbacks. How many how many African American quarterbacks that are black? I mean, like seriously, that are starting you know quarterbacks what? in the NFL. You know what? I, I see Rohan and talk to Rohan Davy all the time, and and and, and it's pissing me off so much because I look at all the quarterbacks. And I see all the guys, you know, the white guys that played 10, 12, 13 years, been a backup. And then Rohan, he had a weight issue, but he was in the league for three years, and then he got out of the league. You're telling me Rohan, with his arm, his strength, he put up numbers at LSU. He just didn't come off the bench. He didn't just play uh, through 20 completions in college and got paid in the NFL. But he was a guy that should have been in the league for 10, 12 years in the league. And it, so for me, I'm going to say this. It was crazy when I saw – Seattle and the what's his name? Uh, Wilson. Russell Wilson. Yeah. When I saw he got hurt, and I saw the guy that came in and backed him up, I had no idea he was still in the league. The guy from West Virginia, Gino. G- I had no idea Gino was still in the NFL. I don't think when Gino I saw knows that, he's in the NFL. I was like happy. I, I was happy just to see that he was one of the black quarterbacks being a backup that still had a career because people got to understand after five, six, seven years, those backups are making over a million dollars. Right. Being a backup quarterback, that's great money in the real world, man. Mm-hmm. So to me, like you said, man, it's still racism. Some things got to change. Not some things, everything has to change. I mean, and it's so sad because it's like, it's black history month right now. Yeah. I think all the black coaches need a raise. Nobody get fired if you're black. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Let me drink my cocktail, man. <laughs> Enjoy. You mentioned you're from Louisiana and, that, and you have your restaurant in Baton yeah, Rouge. The uh, the, uh, obviously, the well, Saints are out of the playoffs. Well, it's not a, wait, wait, wait. It, it's not a restaurant. It's, it's just a seafood distribution. Oh, okay. All right. So the culture yeah, in, in, in Louisiana, the, the culture in Louisiana, definitely one of the most unique ones for football. And, and you playing for LSU. Now we're seeing Joe Burrow go to the Super yeah. Bowl. They kind of embrace it as their second team. So what's the culture like in yeah, that in that area? Joey. All American Joe, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's different, man. I mean, it's a jungle. Uh, every, every city got its got his ups and downs. I mean, New Orleans is not an easy place to grow up in. I mean, we, we've been through so much with the hurricanes and, and when Mother Nature destroys that place, that place gets hit all the time. And I think the thing about Louisiana is we could talk about all the other 49 states, but when it comes to adversity, uh, overcoming things, going through the major storms, uh, it's so much, man. And I mean... Like where I grew up at, man, I mean, poverty, almost 39% is wow. poverty, and it's bad. And my little town where I, where I grew up, they called my little town little Haiti, man. Oh, I man. mean, a few years ago, we had seven kids under 17 got that they got shot and died wow. because of heroin Damn. and crack cocaine, you know. So I, I grew up in that shit, and it wasn't as bad when I grew up, but I think just the mentality of Louisiana and fighting through things. And you've seen the Rocky movie, man. Mm-hmm. You, you watch that Rocky movie? When everybody said that, when the girls say you can't win, Rock, that's, that's like Louisiana, man. You can't win, you can't overcome. But somehow, you know, we 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 have, you know, us as human beings, we learn how to adapt, we learn how to survive, and we learn how we're gonna find ways to eat, we're gonna find ways to to overcome, you know. And and I think Louisiana it goes a long way, you know. And we look at Joe Burrow. Mm. 
the year before Joe Burrow would be a six or seven round free agent, you know? Yep. He come out, and I have no idea how he pulled this out of his ass that year at LSU when they went undefeated. I think to this day, it's like fucking Star Wars. You have no idea. You got to go find a little green guy and sit in the goddamn <laughs> swamp and ask why you got the fucking power. Oh, Yoda. I love Yoda. <laughs> Yoda, Yoda had to tell your boy Luke on who he was, but he didn't tell him who he was. If y'all remember Star That's Wars. Right. They had their fucking tea, ate their little fucking shit they was eating, but he had to understand that he was the one. He was the Jedi. Joey Boro is the fucking Jedi. <laughs> Bro, I'm just, look. I love it. I love it. I cocktail. Love it. <laughs> it's all right. I asked Strawberry Henny about an hour and a half ago. Trust oh. me. I understand. I, I need a cocktail yeah. to do this stuff, too. I understand. What you, you had? a little smoothie or some shit you talking about? <laughs> What? Strawberry, strawberry, strawberry pineapple smoothie. It's uh, no, 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 no. It's not. It's not nearly that girly. We're not going to do this. No, no, Jarvis. No, no. So no, it's uh, right, right. it's it's uh, two shots of Henny mixed with uh, like strawberry lemonade. No slushy. What's that called? Uh, strawberry Henny. Beautiful. What oh, town are you from? A... What city are you from? We don't. Long Island, New drink York, that in Louisiana. Go to oh, Friday. Y'all weird up there, man. Oh. Y'all weird in New York. It's all good. <laughs> I mean, you weren't too far away. You're Boston. Boston's yeah, got some pretty weird shit, too. I, I know. I know. I know. I'm right down the street. Hey, Ma. I know. I know. <laughs> hey, Ma, let's go to the park. Like, we, I, I, uh, what? Oh. <laughs> hey, park the car. Let's go to Fenway. <laughs> <laughs> Jarvis, so obviously when you're in the league, the CTE thing's obviously in the forefront of a lot of people's minds. Is that kind of where the inspiration for Chef to You or Ocean Drive 97 started? Or did you know in your college days that I knew that you had to plan? I always had to plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I did my internships when I played NFL, Rolls-Royce, Naval Marine, and I worked for another restaurant company. But i I always been in hospitality. Always, I always enjoy serving people. I would enjoy watching people smile after eating my food. And I always treated people and put on different events, even when I was in high school with my twin brother, Jason. High school, even college. We did our keg parties and charged at the door. Yeah, so with LSU, hospitality was always number one for me. I always wanted to take care of people, entertain people, watch people smile. I went to school for construction management, but I never thought in my life that I'd be selling seafood, selling shrimp, uh, that came from on somebody that favor, but then also the Chef to You platform. It's like a Grubhub Uber Eats, but the biggest thing is that I'm in this and I'm doing this. And yeah, I'm, I want to make money, but at the same time, I want to make sure that the hospitality industry get, get their feedback, get their legs, and people could generate money and they could survive and not get raped from all the food app companies out there that, that promising them so many different things and opportunities. And all they do is giving money back to these big old uh, tech companies out of, you know, Silicon Valley, but chef to you is going to be something different. We're going to make sure and touch the people. We're going to, going to relate to them. We understand them. And, and I always tell some of the chefs too about, you don't know how it is in the hospitality industry. I say, yes, I do. I own a liquor store for five years and I own a restaurant for four years. And I made money and I lost a ton of money. Mm. And I understand 
what it is to give to someone to help people and feed people. I totally do. So I want this to really blow up. I want this to be beneficial, not just for me, but for all those chefs, uh, food trucks, restaurants, culinary, pastry chefs. If you make food or you produce food and cook food, we, we want to help you uh, share with more customers out there in the market. We are talking to former Patriots defensive end Jarvis Green. Jarvis, last question for us. I know you're busy. You're over there in Boston. Uh, you're probably going to celebrate Boston. Maybe you're. Maybe this uh, week you're going to be celebrating with Tom Brady and his retirement. Who knows? We don't know. <laughs> uh, the avocado tequila. <laughs> but here's the no. question. Ice cream, avocado ice cream. Oh, avocado. Yes. I'm not an avocado <laughs> fan. I just started liking avocado. I, I never liked it, and I went out to Riverhead, which is out here in Long Island, right by the wine I, I, country. I went, to Riverhead, I went to Riverhead this summer. Really? On the outside of Hamptons. Yeah, That's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. I went to, I went to, I went to Vic, Vic, Victorville. I know where Victorville is. Very, I, I DJ'd out there. It's beautiful wineries. It's like, it's like the New Jersey yes. uh, Playboy Mansion, New Jersey That's Playboy right. Mansion. That's right. <laughs> I love this guy. New York. I love yeah, this yeah. guy. Uh, Jarvis, yeah. my last question for you is from, from one of the fans. What was it, uh, what, what is it like to be part of the Patriots and take us behind the scenes of the rivalry with the Jets? To be part of the Patriots is an honor, opportunity. It was amazing eight years for me. And I have to say I was blessed to play around the guys like Tyler, Lloyd Malloy, Tom Brady, Kevin Falk, Teddy Bruschi, Corey Dillon, Randy Moss, Matt Light, Richard Seymour, Vince Wilfork. I could go on and on and on playing for Belichick, the fans, the crowds. Uh, just amazing in everything in itself. What was the second part of it? Uh, what was it like uh, behind the scenes for the rivalry uh, between the, you oh, and the Jets? Oh, the Jets. Yeah. I'm going to say this, man. It wasn't even us. Now, if this film, like, leaks and gets ah, to somebody. It, it wasn't us, man. It was more like Belichick. <laughs> he hated the Jets. Mm. I think from that one-day contract mm-hmm. or whatever happened with Lou Parcells, Belichick, He's signing. I think New England came up and said the job is, is available. And I think he didn't really want to come to the Jets, man. So it was just a shitty situation. But every time we played the Jets, it was more about him, like, you know, let's let's get these guys back. And he just hit he had a tight ass that week every time we played the Jets. It was just <laughs> Yeah, man. So we made sure to do everything right. Don't fuck anything up that we don't get fussed at because he's going to make us run twice as much. He's going to fuss at us twice as much. So I think it was, it was, it was more about him. Well, Jarvis, we really appreciate you giving us the time. I mean, 43 minutes. We really appreciate it. We'd love to get you back on. Your personality hey, hey, is awesome. Hey, hey that's, that's what she said. <laughs> well, I don't know what she said, but I'm sure Tyler does because he's just as drunk yeah. as you are. <laughs> but uh, Loud mouth. <laughs> I love this guy. Listen, man, where's the shot glasses at? Strawberry Henny. There you Only go. What are you drinking? Like a Boston Only- tea party? What are you drinking up there? Only Jersey City, Strawberry Henny. <laughs> I'm going to go hang myself. Is that okay? Oh, it's awesome. It's awesome. Oh, boy. It's awesome, man. I, 
I really, I really appreciate you giving us the time. We'd love to get you back on again. My producer will yeah. definitely reach out to you. Your personality is fire, man. We really love that about Thank you. Thank you, man. Absolutely. Thank you, man. Tell the fans how they can find you on social media. Oceans97. Social media is so crazy. So, so Instagram, the real Jarvis Green. Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Jarvis Green. And on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, LinkedIn, chef to you. Mm. Do you have TikTok hey, too? Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, 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 it's so, like, bougie. Yeah. That's, what the, that's what the cocktail's for. <laughs> Strawberry henny. <laughs> Look at me, baby. I'm so skinny. <laughs> this guy needs to come down. We need, awesome. to, we need to have a drink, John. He's awesome. Tyler's going to go up to Boston right now. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, I can leave these two doofuses right now. It's fun. Hey, listen, Jarvis. Uh, my birthday bash, yeah. I'm going to be 40 this year. Uh, I have a bunch of oh, NFL, play, NFL players might be coming down. Maybe I'll invite you. You come down and have a little bit of, of a tea party with us. Let me know, baby. I bring some of that tea. <laughs> I'm sure you will. Jarvis, thank you, bud. Before you invite anyone, Y'all you invite good, Jarvis Green. Absolutely. Y'all be good. Absolutely. Later, man. Jarvis Green, ladies and gentlemen, former Patriots, a.k.a. defensive end, funny as hell, guys. Yes. He is hilarious. That was, that was a lot. He is awesome. He, he, is, he is pure as the snow that fell down this past weekend. That's for sure. Uh, but awesome. Awesome interview. Speedy, definitely a good get. Uh, really great personality. How could you not like Jarvis Green? I, I'm not even a Patriot fan. I no, I can't know. stand the Patriots, but just who he is as a personality. And really, I didn't even know he had CTE. I didn't even know. Yeah. It, I know it's a first level, and it's not as bad as he said. Uh, you really, it really is nothing. But the fact that he even came out and he even went after he he, he attacked Roger Goodell. How many players, ex players, actually? Uh, you know, on our show, when we bring up Roger Goodell, has ever taken shots at Roger Goodell. And Him. Jarvis Green is the first one that I've ever heard that really, you know, has his own thoughts to what Roger Goodell has done. Uh, not only to him, but all the other athletes, all the other NFL players that played in the league in the early 2000s. And with the lawsuit that they had for, against CTE, $100 million. Does that really pay off all the negligence and crazy stuff that's happened to some of these guys mm. after they played football? It, it's just horrible. Absolutely horrible. And if some of these guys don't even get their check yet. Right. I mean, like, seriously, you just said, um, a lot of the white guys, they got their checks right away. How long did it take him to get his check? Mm. And he's forty, and and remember, he's still young. He's only three years older than me. He's I'm forty. I'm going to be forty this year. He's forty three, so he's still fairly young. Uh, but uh, Jarvis was awesome, guys, and uh, definitely a must hear and must listen to. Uh, if you guys missed the interview, I, I want to get into this. I want to get into this Brian Flores situation, which has really reeked, and I mean reeked in the the level of craziness right now in the NFL, and, and, and to me. You know, you would think that the the lead story right now would be the Super Bowl, uh, the NFC title game and the AFC title game. That would be the the most important thing to talk about when it comes to football. But no, it's not. Tom Brady retires, and that was leading the story for about 24 to 48 hours. And then this thing hit Sunday night, Monday. This thing hit that Brian Flores has claimed uh, three teams were racist they didn't. They gave him his interview. They absolutely gave him his interview. But they already knew who they were going to bring in as their head coach. 
which if it is true, and if, if he could prove it, which Bill Belichick said, you know, there was texts that were sent out and that the press has gotten already that Bill Belichick stated that it is. And if it is, uh, the NFL, uh, the Dolphins, the Giants, and the Broncos are in a lot of trouble. Now, when I look at the league and I look at the game and I look at the, ra- the racism and everything that's going on in the game, I don't know why you're giggling because I don't think this is funny. Oh, but I had nothing to do with you, honestly. The, the racism, and, and listen, everybody knows the Colin Kaepernick story, all right? And a lot of people didn't like the fact that he was kneeling, and it wasn't even because, really to take shots at the American flag or the United States, but everybody took it to that level. And I understand. But Colin Kaepernick was pretty much booted out of the league because he felt the way he felt about standing up for racism. And people uh, against, you know, the, the equality of African-Americans and, and obviously Caucasians, white people in the NFL. And then this happens, and you think about Brian Flores. And I think Brian Flores is one of the best coaches in the NFL. Anybody that wins seven games in a row, seven games in a row. What is, what is Jeff writing over here? I, I didn't see. Cap was right. Many owe him an apology. I, I would agree with him. And I, I've stuck up for Colin Kaepernick. I watched his... His net, uh, um, Netflix, uh, I guess, documentary story with him in it. It was a story about him growing up and how he wasn't equal as a quarterback. And he was raised by a white family. And his, his white family never understood some of the craziness that was going on when he was traveling on his football team and his baseball team. And how, the, some of the remarks that happened right under their chin because they never really even noticed it. But to me, when you look at the game, in the transition of the game, there aren't a lot of African-American coaches in the NFL. Byron Leftwich obviously got a job with the Jaguars, and now he's a new African-American coach in the NFL. Mike Tomlin, who's been with the Pittsburgh Steelers for fairly a long time. Robert Sala, who is he's not white, and he's not African-American, but he's Islamic. So, I, I mean, how many coaches in the NFL besides the three coaches that I've named, that aren't white. And I think that when you look at the big picture of what Brian Flores is stating and what he said, how could, a co- how could an owner pay a coach $100,000 a game to lose when you hired him to win? Now, obviously, I don't know the full story, and I'm sure there's a lot of stuff going on. And listen, I, Mike, I know what you're going to say. He disrespected the American flag. That's your opinion. Okay. And he, he even came out and said that it, it was nothing against the, um, uh, the American flag or the American people or our soldiers. He came out and he said that you don't want to believe it. You don't want it. That's your opinion. And we're not going to go back and forth on what he did or what he didn't do. The fact is racism in the NFL is real and college Coaches that come into the NFL, and I mean some of these white and even African-American college coaches that get these offensive coordinator jobs and defensive coordinator jobs, most of these guys never get a chance to coach in the NFL because they're African-American. And I think that when you look at the big picture with this Brian Flores story, it's going to grow legs. This isn't going to this isn't going to end just with Brian Flores. Hugh Jackson spoke out about the 2016-2017 uh, Cleveland Browns. 
how they were going to, how they paid him to lose football games. And if that is true, like I've been saying for a long, long time, a lot of these football games are fixed. Now, again, Hugh Jackson's going to have to prove all this. I, I, I do believe Brian Flores has more than enough information to prove his story and his truth to be right. And 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 Bill Belichick, I mean, he really he really started this whole thing. His text messages really started this and started it started to grow legs. And how could you pay if you're an owner of an organization? All these fans are spending millions and millions of dollars. These players, they work their asses off. They weight train two times a day. They go out there and work their butts off at practice. And then you find out that the coach really knew what was going on behind the scenes with the GM and the ownership trying to pay him to make the wrong calls for them to lose so they can obviously get a higher draft pick and maybe get fired. Hugh Jackson, who knows what Hugh Jackson could have been as a head coach with Cleveland if this is true. He might be still coaching Cleveland right now if he wasn't paid to lose those games. And Brian Flores, I don't want to hear from anybody saying that Brian Flores isn't a good coach. Any coach that wins seven games in a row and comes from the AFC East, well, you have to play the Buffalo Bills twice. You got to play New England twice. Heck, and you even have to play the Jets twice. I mean, it's not scary, but you have to play the Jets twice. It's not easy. This is not an easy division. Not anymore. It used to be. It's not easy anymore. And the AFC, with the young, dominant quarterbacks that we're seeing grow, the Patrick Mahomeses of the world, the Herberts of the world, the Mac Joneses of the world, the Deshaun Watsons. We can name all the different. Derek Carr. There are a tremendous amount of good young quarterbacks in this league right now. And the AFC is stacked with them. Lamar Jackson, who is an MVP. If this is true, and the NFL has sat here, and maybe the NFL knew about this, and and I'm sure Brian Flores could probably prove that. Now, I don't know who's going to lose. I, I know I was talking to Jeff earlier today, and that if this, if, if this is true with the Dolphins, that the Dolphins owner should sell his team, that he should be forced to sell his team, which quite possibly could happen. And if it doesn't happen, he's going to be heavily fined, and he's going to lose a tremendous amount of draft picks. And John Mara, who I remember a couple of years ago with the field goal kicker, what was his Josh name? Josh Brown. Josh yeah. Brown oh, that with that horrible. with that debacle when yeah. he was domestically violently beating up his wife, and he knew about it, and he still stayed on the team, and it, they didn't throw him off the team until it really came out fully that the press knew about. I mean, this is. I mean, it's starting to really. Rub everybody the wrong way. John Mara, who's one of the most respectable owners in all of football. Racism. Domestic violence. All these stupid things. And how could you be a player and want to play for this owner if this is true? How could you go out there if you're Saquon Barkley, Galladay, Thomas? Why would you want to play for this owner if this is true? The Broncos, Von Miller, he's no longer with them, but Von Miller was there for years. Ownership over there, who are fighting, and they're fighting amongst one another because they want to sell the team because the family can't get along. 
And then, then there's the Dolphins, okay? That idiotic organization, one of the worst-run organizations in professional sports, okay? And if I was Jalen Waddle right now, or Tua, who is a Hawaiian, a Hawaiian player, he's from Hawaii, okay? Half, half the, the team is African-American. Would you want to play for an owner that you know damn sure that he's racist? I mean, ask me, Speedy. Am I wrong or right on this? With the Giants, definitely, because the Giants had so many other opportunities to bring in other more qualified African-American coaches. 2016, Terrell Austin was a great defensive coordinator with Detroit. The last time I remember the Lions having a good defense was him, and he got a lot of head coaching offers, and he they hired Ben McAdoo just because it was in-house. It was somebody in-house that they liked. 2018, Pat Shermer. He was a retread from the Browns when there were other qualified candidates at that time. Chris Richard, Eric Bieniemy at that time. That was his first running after the Mahomes season. So there were a lot more qualified candidates that have gone on with the Giants, and the Dolphins probably were, had that, those kinds of examples too. Was Adam Gase necessarily the guy for them when they hired Adam Gase at the time? Or was there a better candidate out there for them at that time? Because he joined right around the same time McAdoo did. The, the, they did hire Brian Flores later on, but how much of that was really what they exactly wanted? Same thing with the Broncos with Vance Joseph. Was that really the guy that re- they really wanted? And then even coaches before that, with Josh McDaniels when he was there, and Mike McCoy and all those guys, um, where those were the best guys for the job. Now, John Fox was a good coach before that, Gary Kubiak. They had guys that had good success rates before that, but how much of those still, too, were, again, the second options for these guys? And that's where I think a lot of these teams, it might just not be those three teams. The Lions were mentioned now, the Browns, we'll see what they end up doing with the Hugh Jackson thing, too. It's going to be very interesting to see how that ends up going. And speaking of Jeff, he is also on the phone as well. What's going on, Jeff? How are you doing? Errol, how are you? You know, uh, you mentioned that we did talk earlier. And uh, after our conversation, I did a little digging for you because you asked me to mm-hmm. look a few things up. Mm-hmm. I got some numbers for you, Errol. Go ahead. The Rooney Rule has been a rule for 21 years. And in those 21 years that the Rooney Rule has been in effect, there have been 128 job openings. How many of them do you think were filled by my- minority candidates? Five. 15. Hmm. So that's less than 15. Obviously, with 128, I don't know what the exact percentage is, but it's probably around 10% of the jobs get filled by a minority. When 68% of the league is black, it's, does it's, that seem out of – does it seem – right? And, and this goes back to – and, Tyler, I'm not going to be picking on you when I say this. I just – when I was talking to Errol, I just thought it was a funny point, so don't take too much offense to this, right? But this is why I laughed – when the narrative about Eric Bieniemy goes to, oh, I heard he doesn't interview well. Well, it turns out those interviews don't really mean much. Eric Bieniemy has interviewed for a job now 17 times. He's interviewed for a job. How many of those times do you think were actual real interviews? And how many of them do you think are like the, this Brian Flores interview where they're just ticking the box, just come in and be our token minority, and we're going to hire somebody else anyways? Tyler, what do you what do you say so, about it? No, I, I I hear what he's saying. Um, to be honest with you, and I've I've my me and my GM and I wasn't picking on this. you, by the way, Tyler. I'm, I'm not taking a shot at you there. No, no, I I know you're not. I'm not I'm not offended at all. I just I, I think the interview has a lot to do with it. But I mean, I'm not in Eric Benemy's shoes, so if he thinks that but way, the, then he thinks but that the, way. But the interview, but you can see from these Brian Flores texts, the interview doesn't matter, and the and the whole you're 100 right doesn't. But the, that, that's why the whole, oh, he doesn't interview well narrative 
is a joke narrative. It's a joke. It's an excuse they use to keep some of these people down. And you can see it with the Brian Flores thing. They're just throwing excuses out there to not hire these people. So I actually read an article before we went on air. Uh, apparently, the whole relationship with Brian Flores and the Dolphins got split uh, when the owner told him, I want you to meet with our prized quarterback. And Flores was like, I can't do that because that would be tampering, and I'm not doing that. And well, with like, Tom okay. Brady. He, he yeah, talked about right. Tom Brady, yes. So but right, he, but, Flores but had no idea it was problem. Tom Brady. He wouldn't say that. But that's another that. problem. No, no, no. I, I'm, what I'm, that's my point, is that the Dolphins clearly here are just one of those teams that need new ownership because under this guy, they'll never compete. Well, that's not true. Because I, well, I, I mean, this team competed when 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 Brian Flores was here. I, I mean, the first year they didn't complete, compete. Last year they were they were a borderline playoff team, and this year they won seven games in a row. They were a borderline wild card spot. They they, they could have made the playoffs this year. But this is what makes this is what makes his firing even funnier, right? Name someone who did win in Miami in the last twenty years. Anyone? Name mm-hmm. someone who won in Miami. Did anyone win in Miami? Nope. No, no. No coach all, had back-to-back was, winning seasons in Miami. Right. It, it was all white folk, too. Now, the one brother you get in there has back-to-back winning seasons, was on a roll, has w- a winning record, and they fire him. Why? Because he wouldn't break the rules for you. If the NFL is all about wins and losses, why are we, why are we judging people differently? Brian Flores was a winner. And that's a sad part because these owners don't think that way. They all all they care about is their values and their money. Unfortunately, right. And unfortunately, their values is racism. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think I think this is embarrassing. I, I think I think when you look at the league right now, and and let, I don't listen, think it's embarrassing. I, I think it is embarrassing because you, I think it's a disgrace. It, it, yeah. It's also a disgrace, but it's embarrassing that this story comes out, and now you're looking at. All the teams in the NFL, all these owners, we talk about Jerry Jones. A lot of people believe Jerry Jones is is a racist. A, a lot of people believe that he is. Uh, and, and we've looked at, look at the coaches that he's brought in over the years. Look at the coaches he's brought in. I mean, Mike McCarthy, he's white, right? The one before that, who was that? Who was Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett. The one before that, who was it? Parcells, I think. Parcells. Have you, could you name the last African-American coach that, uh, that, that uh, Jerry Jones hired? None. And then, and then you look at teams like the Jets. I was telling this to uh, Jeff today. I, I know he hates the Jets, and I know he. But look, look at the Jets. Look who they hired the Pretty last couple of years. Progressive organization. Yes. Pretty progressive organization. Yeah, they're. they're I mean, they still suck. Yeah. but they're pretty progressive organization. They're ahead of the curve on this thing for they, sure. They're ahead of the curve. They hired Todd but, Bowles. They hired. Uh, they, they just hired what's his name Sala, again? Yeah. Robert Sala. These are all you know not white coaches. But go ahead, Jeff. I mean, do you do you, do you think it's a little ironic that the only team that has a black head coach in the NFL is the team that has Art Rooney as the owner? Right. That's the, who's the rules named after. There isn't yeah. another one. And by the way, out of those fifteen candidates that got hired out of those hundred and twenty-eight jobs that were open, did you know five of them got fired after their first season? No, I know that too. I I know that. I didn't know there was fifteen, but I know. Uh, a certain amount of coaches got fired after their first or second five, season. Five got fired after their first season. David Cully. Um, Steve the, Wilkes the was another one with Arizona. Steve Wilkes in yeah. Arizona, right? Like, you, you know, they've hired these people. The way it looks is they've hired these people to take the organization through their tough times 
and have the losses blamed on them. And when they get good, they give the job to a white guy. And, and right, right now it seems like that that's true. Let's, let's, be, let's be honest. Uh, um, the guy in uh, uh, David Cully mm-hmm. in Houston, mm-hmm. we knew Houston was going to not be very good this year. Mm-hmm. And they way exceeded what we all thought Houston was going to be. And, and then they, they fired, fired him. him. Mm-hmm. And yet they fired him. Does that make any sense? None of it makes sense, Jeff. None of this makes sense. And Brian Flores might have something that he's going to – this is going to affect Brian Flores getting another job. And I told you this, Jeff. I I, I think this is good for Brian Flores because he's standing up for his culture. He's standing up for what he believes in. But it's going to affect Brian Flores because I don't know if he'll ever get a head coaching job. I did hear that that the, the Saints are interested in him. I can't see the Saints hiring him after this happened. I can't see it. Uh, while this is going on, I, the, the the way the NFL works is we've seen what they did with Colin Kaepernick. I believe they're going to do this same thing to Brian Flores, who I think is one of the best coaches in the NFL. Yeah, you know what's funny about the whole thing is, unless you're the Dolphins, Giants, or Broncos, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you hire this guy? The Saints aren't named in this. The Rams aren't. The Cardinals aren't. The, the Houston Texans aren't. He named three specific teams. So, you know, and not for nothing, I think integrity counts for a lot. And Brian Flores, to me, has shown a boatload of integrity. That he's going to do things the right way, and he's not just going to, you know, tamper with players, and he's not going to break rules, and he's going to be above board. It takes a lot to have integrity. I, I agree with you, Jeff, but the way the league works, and a lot of these owners stick together, we all know this, they all stick together mostly, I can't see him getting another job. I think they're going to blackball him. Now, I think he'll get a coaching job. I think he could coach college football. Uh, and maybe as the years go by and he's, he becomes a great college football coach and he wins maybe a national championship, he takes a team and he recruits great teams year in and year out, I think eventually a team is going to give him another shot. But I don't see him getting a coaching job for a while. I can't see it. I'm telling you. I will, I will that, bet that he that, doesn't get a job. It. That may very well be true, but he can always still go and coach college, and they're going to have to yeah. pay him a shit ton of money. I mean, look, the NFL. look at this, Jeff. Uh, Jeff, you listen to Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson said the same thing about the Cleveland Browns. When was the last time Hugh Jackson got another job after he got fired from the Cleveland Browns? Right. He hasn't got uh, another he got job. The, he, yeah, he did. He got the Raiders, didn't he? No. He no, that was before. That was before. He actually did very well that year, too. They yeah. did a lot better than expected. They almost made the playoffs. They lost the last week of the season. Otherwise, and they, they would have won the division. Him. And then they fired but, him. But, but look, at, look at some of the jobs. Like, don't, don't go black and white and it's only black and white, right? Let's honestly judge also the job that they did. Name one person that won in Detroit ever. I can name one. Caldwell. Yeah. Jim, Cal- Jim Caldwell. Mm-hmm. And what did they do? They fired him. Fired him. Mm-hmm. Oh, you did well. Good, you're fired. We'll hire Patricia now. And how many times right. was he an offensive coordinator for a Super Bowl contended championship <clears throat> team? Right. And you brought you up... Know, I- you brought up college football too, Jeff. How many times was David Shaw a high-end coaching candidate? Never got hired. Three years, never got hired. Yeah, I mean, all the time. All the time. That's why, That's why. and again, Tyler, I don't want you taking any offense to this because I'm not singling you out. I'm just more singling the statement out, not that you, whether you believe it or not or whatever, and I'm not making any implications toward you, to be clear. But that's why the whole narrative of, oh, this person doesn't interview well, it's a bullshit narrative. It's a bullshit narrative. People have an idea of who they want going into it. Rules be damned and fairness be damned. They don't care. 
And listen, I, I've watched a lot of, and I listened to a lot of shows today, and I listened to Tiki Barber and Tierney and what Tiki had to say to it. I listened to Stephen A. Smith, which I, I've always said this. Stephen A. Smith is a racist. He, he, he's, he said some derogatory things about this situation. And he's not wrong about some of the things that he said today. But guys like Stephen A. Smith should not be speaking up and speaking for the NFL because, to me, Stephen A. Smith doesn't know his ass from his tailbone when it comes to football. He knows basketball. He shouldn't be speaking for any NFL player or any NFL coach because he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. But when I, I mean, I watched him earlier. I thought he was spot on. I think I think he's a racist. I, I really do. And I, I've I've been saying this about Stephen A. Smith for forever. I, I just and that's why I don't like him. I I respect who he is. I respect what he's done as a broadcaster and where he's gotten in his career because he, you know, he earned it. But to me, when, when he talks about sports, sports that he is completely out of whack and he maybe he just doesn't understand uh, from the ethic part of the game, he, he speaks out of, you know, he speaks from his mind, which I think throws off what he really believes he doesn't. He, I think he doesn't know. Now, I, again, I, I, I look at Brian Flores. Brian Flores is, has every reason to be upset about this. I especially when you're getting text messages, you have text messages, and then you have proof that the owner that you were playing for was offering to pay you a hundred or $200,000 a game for you to lose, and he didn't want to lose them. And then Hugh Jackson comes out the same day today stating that I believe him and because the Cleveland Browns in 2016, 2017 offered me the same thing. Now, if this well, is true... If well, this... I'm going to get the woman's name. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Keep going. But I'm going to get the woman's name, too, because it's going to get even deeper here when I give you this one. I, I just think that when you look at the league and where the league is going, and Roger Cattell, we haven't heard Roger Cattell say anything yet, have we? We haven't heard anything, okay? And that's what Roger does. He's like a I, – I look at Roger Cattell as a turtle, okay? He, <laughs> oh. has, he has a shell, all right? And when something bad happens – Roger Goodell hides into his little shell until he needs to pop up and say what he feels about that situation. Roger Goodell's a moron, okay? You heard Jarvis Green. He's a moron, and he's an idiot, and he's a commissioner. He knows how to make money. But me, Jeff, even Tyler could have gotten the contracts that he's gotten and the, the, the opportunities from Dorito or Budweiser or Bud Light. We could have gotten those contracts and those uh, those sponsors for the NFL. I mean, the NFL is a multi-billion-dollar industry right now. Billion, they're probably sniffling trillions now. So, I, to me, Roger Goodell—the fact that Roger Goodell hasn't said anything or even stood up, believing his rights or believing the 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 coach's rights. Because he, if this is true, and he's seen, I'm sure he's seen these text messages. I'm sure he's read enough information to know that these stories are true. Why hasn't Roger Goodell spoken up yet? That's what I want to know. I want to know why Roger Goodell, big mouth Roger Goodell, Mr. Nasty-ass Roger Goodell, hasn't spoken up and actually stood up for these coaches that are not being respected around the league. I want to know. When I I find this, you'll know why in a second, but... So and you also talk about the owner that's yet to address the John Gruden situation at all either. Well, what are you talking about, John Gruden? Uh, John, Roger Goodell sp- said something about the John Gruden thing. He he said something about John. He Gruden? said something about the John Gruden thing about how he started an investigation to suspend Dan Snyder, but it ended up being John Gruden who was out of the league. Dan Snyder's still going to get his. It, it, this is, that, but that John investigation, Gruden, John that investigation Gruden got fired the over. next day. That's Why right. Is Dan Snyder because still he's a coach. Because Dan Snyder is is not an owner. He's not he's either, half owner. He, he doesn't own the majority of the team. His wife does. 
but you can still no, he, no they're that's married. not true. One, you, he, uh, yeah, no, he owns most of it. The wife is the minority partner. Whatever the case, the, the fact is, is that he can't sell the you team. You can pressure both of them to sell. Yeah, but they're he, married. He's not going to do that. He's not going to do that. And that's that's because he's got a relationship with these owners. These owners gave him the fifty million, forty eight million dollar contract that he has, where he has his own jet and he has his lifetime insurance for him and his family. Okay, they gave him that. He's making more money than any two players in a league. What does that tell you? Just because of the sponsorships and the advertisements he's gotten for the NFL? It, it, this is a joke. And Roger Goodell should be fired. Well. Roger Goodell should be fired. We can all be happy one day. <laughs> what do you mean, we could be happy one day? Well, what eventually he's going to get fired. No, he's not going to get fired. He's going he's gonna to decide to step down. That's the only way he's going to lose his job. He's going to step down. He should have been fired a long time ago and he never got he fired. Should, he should have. The sad part is a lot of those owners are connected, and those are the ones that unfortunately are doing a lot of these, doing a lot of these things. I want to hear what Art Rooney has to say. That's what I want to hear, because he's he seems like the guy that really stands up for this stuff, and and he's the guy that is the you know the center of the ownership. He's the probably the most respectable owner in all of professional sports right now, and and definitely the NFL. Why I want to hear Art Rooney what he has to say about this. So, so the woman's name is Kimberly Dietmer, and she is uh, the CEO of Hugh Jackson's charity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she sent out a tweet that says, I'm with you, Brian Flores, and I can attest to everything Hugh Jackson has said. If you'd like the receipts for the checks that Jimmy Haslam wrote, DM me. Mm-hmm. Roger Goodell also knew about this. Uh, if Roger Goodell knows, knows about this, he should be fired. He should that's absolutely be head, fired. That's from the head of his charity, who, by the way, Jimmy Haslam's writing checks to the charity, which were his bonuses for banking. And by the way, Nithin, Nithin, who comes on the show, he actually has had Hugh Jackson on the show twice. He works with the charity, and I, I, I definitely want to get Nithin on, and maybe he can get her. Uh, Nithin knows her. What's her name? Kimberly Dietmer. Send that, send that text to me. I want to see if uh, if um, Nithin could get me an interview with her because. I would definitely love to interview her and her thoughts about this because you, Jackson, who has sp- spoken out and, and he speaks very highly of Brian Flores, to hear this. And if Roger Goodell does know this and Roger Goodell has known this, he should be fired. He should never get another job with the NFL or any professional sport again. This is, to me, th- this is this is going to grow legs. This is going to grow now legs. Now you can't, Speedy. You could be commissioner. I don't know about that. Speedy. <laughs> I don't know if I necessarily go that far, Jeff. I, I think that the NFL is going to have to. You don't send sarcasm. The only, the only, per, the only people that could fire Roger Goodell is the owners. That's yeah. the only. And unfortunately, if, the, if these are the ones that are gonna, the best connected to them, it's not going to happen on based on that when it really it's should. Three owners. That's yeah, all. But, no, yeah, I know, but, but yeah, it's, but it's you, a lot of powerful ones, unfortunately, and that yeah, can be a problem. The problem. Your your thinking is all backwards. Your thinking is all backwards because owners are always stand with owners mm-hmm. until owners get in the way of money. See Jerry Richardson. Mm. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. And these and these owners will all cut off each other's heads and turn on each other faster than you can blink if it starts affecting their money. Mm. And you can better believe that if getting rid of Stephen Ross is best for business or getting rid of Roger Goodell is best for business, they won't think twice. Oh, I really hope that's the case. I just again, I with the way they have these this kind of power for whatever reason. I <laughs> if Roger and Goodell way, signed almost, off for this, he's in a lot happened. of trouble. Remember when they suspended Zeke and, and Jerry Jones started gathering together a crew to chop off Goodell's head before? Right. It yeah. almost already happened. Mm-hmm. 
Don't I'm, let this be true. Right. He'll be, dude. He'll be gone in two hours. If this They'll is true, have- if this is true, he's going to be gone. There's no way he's going to get away with this. There's no way. If, if, if you know, and if the government gets involved with this, and the government could get involved with this, this is this is a big story. And See, and you know, th- this could absolutely start to uh, break with with craziness on the streets and and crazy. I, I mean, players might want want to play uh, next year. I mean- I mean, that's that's the real crux of the story, right? The Giants are facing a fine if if what has been alleged is true. Oh, you circumvented the Rooney rule. That's a fine. John Elway showed up drunk to a meeting with Brian Flores in Denver. That's a fine. That's not that's not the problem. The problem is the tanking, paying for tanking that's been uncovered and and that kind of stuff. Dude, that they're going to make these people sell their franchises. Uh, CJ says the owners would never be able to survive a PR nightmare that will be unleashed if these allegations are true. Goodell has to be gone. Yes. That's what he's saying. Right. And, and and Goodell will be gone. If this is true, and, and you, Jackson, could prove that Goodell signed off on this in right, those times. There's two owners that will be forced to sell their team. Mm-hmm. Stephen Ross will be forced to sell that team, and Jimmy Haslam will be. And by the way, Jimmy Haslam's been a nightmare since day one as an owner. He's screwed everything up. Mm-hmm. So the owners would be more than happy to can him. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is story. This story is going to grow legs. And Brian Flores, mm-hmm. and listen, he's going to get paid. He's absolutely going to get paid on this. But here's the problem. I think with with the way the NFL works, and we've seen this before. We've definitely seen this before, and with uh, Colin Kaepernick. I believe he's going to be blackballed. I, I think the, these owners are going to blackball him because he spoke out, and he, he's the one that he's the guy that speaks out because he wants to make equality for black coaches. He 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 believes that all black coaches should be equal to all the white coaches in the NFL as well as they should. It, it shouldn't right. be a matter of the color that they have on their bodies. It, it doesn't matter if you're white, black, Puerto I mean, Rican, Haitian. It doesn't matter. And by the way, Ron with Ron Rivera. He's Puerto Rican, and he's very well respected around the league. And 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 I know everybody's going to say, "Well, he didn't get fired right away." Now, the reason why is because he was a soldier, and that's and that's why everybody respects him. I, I'm telling you right now, if Ron Rivera wasn't you know heavily into the army and his background wasn't heavily into the American flag and everything, he would have been fired a long time ago too. Really, the only one that's had a long tenure recently was Marvin Lewis. That's been it. Yep. Well, I don't know. Define recently. The 21st century, I would say. Tony Dungy had a pretty good run in Indianapolis. Yes. No, 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 I know, but he also was split with two different teams, though. Like, Mar- Marvin Lewis was probably there. I would love to hear what Tony Dungy has yeah. to say from this. Oh, my God. He, he would be a great interview. Tony Dungy is going to have a field day with this story. Jeff, I wasn't talking about successor. I was talking about the longevity of how long they were actually with the team. Because he was, he was with Tampa, then he took a couple of years off from coaching, then went to Indianapolis, and then he only lasted there, what, four right, or five but, years, too? And then they brought in Caldwell. Right, but, but that was Tony Dungy's doing. Tony Dungy wanted to be at home more and be with family and that kind of thing. So he didn't get fired. He would, could have been there as long as he wanted to be there. That's the difference. CJ he, says he left. He, he left because he wanted to leave. CJ says I'm with Jeff on this one. If this is true, then there needs to be serious backlash that comes down. And then Snug says tanking the game shakes the public's uh, confidence in the integrity of the games. 
Uh, if that's the case, Las Vegas and, and FanDuel are going to be pretty pissed. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not wrong on that I one. For, I mean, I, for one, am just super stunned that this has been the case. I mean, I honestly can't believe that painting the words end racism in the back of the end zone didn't actually end racism. No. I mean, what a joke that, you, that you've painted that in the back of every end zone, and yet all these owners are doing it. And it's not just one, right? Like, because, dude, it's it's the old boys club. You saw it with Colin Kaepernick. There's no reason. Colin Kaepernick, whether you think he was a starter or not, deserved to be in the league. He's certainly better than Cooper Rush or some of these other players. Mm-hmm. Right. And they just, and they and they all got together and said, no, we're not doing this, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous. Yeah. Right? So you can't tell me some of these other owners. By the way, some of these other owners are sweating real hard that, that, uh, you weren't named in this. How many do you think have done the exact same thing? Right. That their names haven't been brought up today. Mm. That's what I was saying with Detroit. I also think, I know Errol and I have different opinions on Leslie Frazier, but I also thought Leslie Frazier got a raw deal in Minnesota for a team that was. I don't like Leslie Frazier. But they lost a lot at that time. The team was getting old and they still made the playoffs the one year in 2012 with a pretty bad roster. And then he's fired a year later. Like he didn't have a long stint there. Even the Chargers recently with Anthony Lynn. Was he a great coach? No, but he had a playoff appearance. He had three winning seasons with them. I mean, Uh, listen, and you might be right that maybe it was the color of his skin and why he, he was wasn't there that long in Minnesota because uh, we saw a, a skimmer, whatever shimmer. Yeah. Uh, he was there for how long Seven and, years, and, yeah. and how bad was that team at the end of Terrible. his career? Like three years, they've been horrible. Right. And with, with right. one of the most more talented defensives uh, that were built over the last couple of years and, and overpaid defenses and, and, and he couldn't get, he couldn't get this team in the playoffs. But that seems to, that seems to be the overarching theme to this whole thing, right? Is like, you know, I hate to say this, but the white folk get the benefit of the doubt, right? No one won in Miami. Brian Flores won, but he, I, I guess it wasn't enough winning. You know, I mean, so we got to get rid of. No, they kept Joe uh, Philbin for more years than they kept Brian Flores. Which, right, which is craziness, which is absolute crazy. Dude, the improvement under Brian Flores has been leaps and bounds, where if right. that was a white guy, they'd be putting his face on a billboard. Go, mm. look how great this white guy is. Mm. Right. Yeah. You know, Jim Caldwell. No one's won in Detroit. Look Who's at one in right. Detroit. Nobody. Look at Jim Harbaugh. Look, look at Jim Harbaugh. I mean, how many opportunities is he? How many offers has he had over the last couple of years? And he he decided to stay in college football. And you were right about that, Jeff. He decided to stay with Michigan. But how many time, How many teams interviewed Jim Harbaugh? And probably could have. He could have went to Vegas if he really wanted to go to Vegas. If he really three, wanted to he go had to the Vikings, this, had three interviews. Yep. If he wanted to go to the Vikings, he, they would have given him the job. Sorry, four interviews. He had four interviews. Mm-hmm. This offseason. And he decided to go back to Michigan. And speaking of the Raiders, too, they get rid of Rich Bisaccia, who led them to the playoffs amidst all that adversity this year. They get rid of him for Josh McDaniels? Really? Right, who's done nothing, by the way. Mm -hmm. He's done nothing. Right? Mm -hmm. And this is is the whole point of the thing. Guys like him, and I got nothing against Josh McDaniels. This isn't personal to me. He does a, a pretty good job, right? But why does he keep getting more and more opportunities, especially even after what he did to Indianapolis? Oh, yes. But Eric, but Eric Bieniemy is a bad interview. Mm-hmm. Yep. Isn't that insanity? It is. And I think Eric Bieniemy. and this will be another year that Eric Bieniemy. oh, by the way, was eliminated. I haven't heard anything. Have you heard anything that Eric Bieniemy is the lead to get the Saints job or the lead to get the Vikings job? Eric Bieniemy, another year, a third year in a row with all probably three or four interviews, he's going to get none of it. 
He's going to get none of these jobs. And that, to me, stands out to what's going on in the NFL. They don't I want mean, black coaches in the NFL. You want to you know how bad things are for Eric Bieniemy? He was the leading candidate last year with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They all said he was the leading candidate. And then they passed him over for Urban Meyer? Yeah. Yeah, that tells you everything you need to know about the Jaguars. No, no, no. But it also tells you everything you need to know about this situation. Oh, of course. Absolutely. Sam Sam Brooke says D'Amico Ryans should be getting interviews with every opening, but he's not. Right. And and he's a hot name. Minnesota's really the only one that's pushed hard for him. He's another great coach, D'Amico Ryan. Yes. And a guy that's related to players very well. He played a long time in the league. He's the guy I want to. I just think that this league with the racism and I, and something needs to be looked at. And, and, and Roger Goodell, he should absolutely – if these stories that Hugh Jackson is stating and he, he has proof and he has receipts stating that he signed off on this, Roger Goodell should be fired tomorrow. He should be fired tomorrow. And, and, and to well, me, I, I, don't, I don't see it happening because like Jeff said, he's – He's beloved by these owners, and I don't know. I know he's bringing in a lot of money, but like I said, yeah, it Jeff, don't matter though. If he's if if he's a PR problem, or if he's screwing this up somehow, or if he knew about it, dude, there's no doubt they'll chop his head off and say, "Oh, well, we fixed the problem. He's gone. Problem's gone." Uh, Sam also says, "But the Vikings are hiring Kevin freaking O'Connell. He doesn't call plays. What has he done?" LOL. Snuck says, "I'm shocked Jason Garrett hasn't landed a head coaching job. He's a great coach, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the other problem. The enemy is a much more qualified offensive coordinator. Not that O'Connell can't be good. He's learned under McVay. A lot of the young McVay disciples have done well in other places, but still." It is something where Biennemi, who's been a great, not he's a full-time play caller, but he's been a great offensive mind for the last five years, really, and he hasn't gotten a job. The 49ers offensive coordinator, McDaniel, who doesn't call the plays either, has gotten interviews from the Dolphins. He's gotten interviews from the Vikings, honestly, too. Honestly, I'm not saying those guys aren't undeserving, but they're not more deserving than Biennemi. Honestly, who would you rather have coaching your team right now? Eric Biennemi or Josh McDaniels? Okay, let's be honest, all right? John, Eric Bieniemy has been the offensive coordinator for arguably the best offense in all of football for the last four years. All right? And, and arguably one of the more growing quarterbacks in all of football. And he he's interviewed 17 times in the last three years and has not gotten one job. And by the way, he's interviewed four times with two, two, two uh, four, four times with four separate teams twice. So just think about it. He interviewed with four different teams twice, and they every single time they said no to him. Well, uh, you know, here's here's one to highlight the point. This will set off Speedy's spidey sense too. Speedy will be totally on board with this example too. Eric Bieniemy, oh, he doesn't get a job because he's a bad hire. So you know who we need? Jeff Fisher. <laughs> yeah. What, do, what what's Jeff Fisher ever done to get most losses in NFL history? <laughs> Why did what the Giants? Why, why did the Giants hire Eric Bieniemy? What what makes Eric Dable a better coach? Brian Dable. I'm, I'm sorry, Brian Dable. Brian Dable, a better coach than Eric Bieniemy. I, I, honestly, does is Brian Dable? Yes, he he coached Josh Allen. He helped There's rebuild. There's an obvious reason Dable got the job. Why? He's a Belichick guy. No. He's, yes, he he's from. Yes, he is. Well, he's. I know that. Belichick, but, Saban, Mars, respect Belichick. First of all, that's, that's why he got the thing. And first the GM. Of, is the GM is from Buffalo. Buffalo. He's from right. Buffalo, and 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 he he. That's why he got the job because he's been working with him in Buffalo. Right. That's why you he don't got the think job. the Maras signed off on that pretty fast though. 
Well, Brian Flores right, is a, a Belichick a guy, too. No, I, I get it. But it's a foregone conclusion. I, we all knew that that was going to be the hire as soon as John, uh, John Shane was was announced. Everyone went, well, that means Dayball's going. Mm-hmm. No, to Speedy's one. I thought Brian Flores had a chance. I really did. And Giant fans, and by the way, all over social media when this was going on, Giant fans wanted Brian Flores, we not do. Brian Listen, Dable. Flor- Flores would have been the better coach. But also, here's another thing that Brian Flores has working against him. It's pretty well known that you want your quarterback next to be Deshaun Watson. So how many teams really want to fork up that amount right now for Deshaun Watson, who hasn't played a game in two years, and oh, by the way, he might get suspended because we don't know what his court, co- his, uh, court case will it's be. It's civil. It's civil. It doesn't matter. You don't know that. He's not going to get suspended anymore what than what mean? he is. We do know that it's a civil case. It's a no, civil what case. I'm saying you is know. you don't know if this thing's going to go to Supreme. You don't know where it's this could go. It's still a civil go. case. He's not going to jail. Right now, yeah. He's paying these girls off. But that's fine. Who doesn't want to touch that right now? I'm this telling me you, too media thing is I don't think that too. honestly and I understand what you're saying I don't think that had anything to do with Brian Flores not getting the job with the Giants I, oh. I really think I really think that this racism thing is really going to grow legs and and also we've seen this with the Giants a couple of years ago with their field goal kicker in Brown domestic violence was going on the Giants knew about it they knew it all season long. There were stories coming out when he was going away and stuff like that, him beating his wife. They knew about it, and they just threw it under the rug because right, they couldn't find another field goal You kicker. also have to remember Placement the media kicker. backlash the Giants got when they protected Plexico Burris when he shot himself in the leg, and everyone was making the meat crow for that. He shot himself in the leg. I understand it's illegal. He was carrying around a gun. He, he hurt himself. I, I mean, that's it's a whole different you're, – you're, yeah. you guys are crossing uh, issues here. That uh, Plaxico Burris has nothing I to do with it. I didn't say Plaxico, Plaxico Burris. No, no, but he's upset that you know the Giant fans had had no backlash and, 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 for John Brown. Here, but they had backlash for John and, and, Brown. And this is not the, backlash for Plaxico. This is not a different issue. I mean, it's a different issue. But the Giants have been involved with these issues for the last 10 years, Jeff. This is an organization that was one of the more respectable organizations in all of football. Them and the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New England Patriots and the Green Bay Packers. Those four teams were very well and very high regarded. And Dallas. And da- and Dallas. No, not Dallas. They weren't the teams that really stood out. You, leave my, you, you include my Dallas I'm Cowboys. Not, I'm not. I'm not going to include your Dallas Cowboys because <laughs> it wasn't Dallas. But those four teams and two owners that are very well respected around the league is John Mara and Art Rooney. Those are the two guys, okay? And everybody thought they can't do any wrong. And then if you see, not Art Rooney, the Rooneys are, they, they plant themselves in their seat. They have Mike Tomlin. They, even Mike, Mike Tomlin's had, what, 13, 14 years of winning seasons? Right. And I'm not a Mike Tomlin fan, but he's a winning coach. Brian Flores, back-to-back years, has winning years in the, with the Miami Dolphins. But that's the other thing. That's the thing that makes it amazing. They're winning in places nobody wins. So what's the problem? We met John Mara a couple of years ago at Tom Coughlin's uh, his dinner. He seems like he's a nice guy and everything like that. I don't know anything about his father. I was a young kid when Mara's father was running the team and the organization. But ever since he's taken over the team and he brought Tish involved with this, and I don't know if Tish knew anything about this. I'm sure he did. Because he has to, he has to sign off on everything that Mara signs off. This is an embarrassment. And being that we're in New York, it's center stage here in New York with Black Lives Matter and everything. It is center stage here, and and the Maras are going to sit here and 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 not not admit that they 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 were going to bring in Brian Dable from day one. 
And why would you reach out to why would you reach out to Brian Flores? I'll tell you why they reached out to Brian Flores because the league states that you have to interview the Rooney what what are they what are they call yeah. the Rooney rule that you have to interview a black coach before you hire your coach. And that to me is a smack in the face. Eric Bieniemy interviews for every single job and he's never going to get a job. He's never going to get a job. Because all they're doing is they're following the Rooney rule and then after that they're going to hire the coach that they want. How could you, if you were Eric Bieniemy, if you're sitting right here right now, and you Eric Bieniemy, and you waste your time, and wait three, four hours, Rob, Robert Sala said he, he was with the Jets for almost 10 hours. One interview was 10 hours. You're going to sit there, waste your time, talking about what, how you're going to build the culture here, what coaches you're going to bring in, what's this, what's that, what's that, what's this, and then all of a sudden, after that, it was null and void because they weren't going to hire you from the beginning. What are you gonna do, Tyler? You're shaking your head. What would you do? I'm 100 percent serious when I say this. I think we're grasping at straws. No, we're not. So an in interview. It's not like they kept him there as an interrogation for ten oh, hours. Man. They hit it off. You talk. You have a few drinks. You eat a meal, and then you, a good conversation. You're not timing in the back of your head. I've gone on interviews and been there a lot longer than I. You've been I to would a football be. interview as a head coach. No, but what I'm trying to tell you is I'll you tell you this. job interviews. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. And I, I've, been, I've been to you know, yeah. a, a minor, league, minor league interviews for coaches, okay? I've been in the room when I, I was one of the guys that the owner, the owner of the minor league team would ask me, because I was one of his players, ask me after the interview, what did I think of the coach before he, you know, after he walked out? And you know how long those interviews? This is a minor league. Three, four hours. Three, four yeah, hours. Yeah, interview is six hours, dude. Three, four hours. You're going to sit in a room listening to what he's going to do, how he's going to transform the offense, how he's going to transform the defense, what kind of players that's going to fit the culture of your team, what kind of coaches you're going to bring in that's going to fit the culture of the way you're going to move this team in the future. And you're going to sit there and say, oh, I'm not even going to look at the time. Six hours is six hours. I understand that. You're not getting paid for those six hours either. No, you're not. My point to you was in a conversation – it could just happen that it was 10 hours long. It doesn't necessarily mean, and by the way, just because, and I, I hate to bring up, I, I really don't like this conversation at all, but if we're going to do this, more white candidates get denied for jobs than any other candidate on the map. That so, is, I mean, you're You can say that, but if the numbers stupid. are that skewed. You're incredibly fucking stupid. Well, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news. And you really want to get into it? The Rooney Rule is more racist than anything else. If you really want, to, if you really want candidates to get a fair shot, take away rules saying you have to do it. That way, the team brings them in. They know they want to be brought in. I'm sure Jesus. people go to interviews like, "Oh, I'm just here so they can meet their quota." You know why I'm here? Like, yeah, I understand that. All you're missing is your clan hood tonight, aren't you? No, and and this is kind of ridiculous because I've talked to people that feel the same way, and it's like. Yeah, fellow racist. That's a claim. No, they're actually they're actually not. They're actually West Indian and Jamaican. So I don't like. We're being very uncultured right now. But I'm telling you that just because they don't get the job doesn't mean it's because of the color of their skin. Who says Urban Enemy wants to leave Kansas City? Maybe um, he's like, you know what? The same. Time- I don't want to go to Jacksonville. They're a dumpster fire. What if I? You know what? I I'll you're going to make Andy Reid. If Hold he on. Didn't wanna, if he didn't he wouldn't be leave, interviewed. Why interview seven exactly. times? Yes. But you don't know if how bad the job leave, is to interview with the owner. What if he doesn't like the owner? What if he doesn't like the GM? Why would he interview only, them? You don't know you don't like them till you go there. 
only he's interviewed. He's interviewed with four teams twice. That that part is fine. But what if you you don't know why that job didn't work? It's how many of those four teams changed ownership? Yeah, he's the best hire. Honestly. Honestly, what? you're despicable. You're honestly despicable. Only you can turn like Brian Flores has receipts on them, and what they did to him is despicable. And only a hundred percent piece of shit like you can go. Oh, but the poor white people that got rejected. That's not you what I'm saying to you member. at all. You fucking clan member. <laughs> this is not what I'm saying to you oh, at all. Poor white if you can stop with your arrogant ears and just listen, them? you'd fucking actually try to learn something. You are actual trash, dude. You are actual <laughs> fucking trash. Why? Because I'm being a little bit uncomfortable for you. Listen, no. Does no, every situation involve racism? No. Does oh, Brian Flores yourself. have a point? Yes, he does. Is there racism there? Maybe so. We'll find out. But well, only Hugh you Jackson coming out saying the Cleveland Browns so. paid him to lose doesn't mean he's racist. That doesn't make any sense. Hey, I don't want to win football games. I'm paying you more to do so. Hold on one second. So let, let me let me step in here for a, for a second, because I understand what you're saying, and I understand why Jeff is upset. So I, I I'm going to say this: if a coach goes for this interview numerous amount of times, he has no problems with the owners, he has no problems with the GM, he has no problems with any of that. Brian Flores was re- was reached out by John Mara first before Brian Dable. He reached out to him first. He called him. That's what they stated. Before he even hired his GM, he reached out to Brian Flores. Now, let us ask. Let me ask you this question. Why would he reach out to the coach when he didn't hire his GM? Now, the Giants are old school. They've always been an old school organization. Right. They bring in the GM before they hire the coach, usually, right? Yes. They've done this for years. Yes. For years. Yes. Why would he reach out to Brian Flores before he hired uh, what is it, John Shea? Oh, Joe Shane. Joe, yeah. Joe Shane. Joe Shane. Why would he do that? Ask, ask, answer that question. Well, that's Brian Flores. Hold on, hold on, Jeff. Best coach hold on, Jeff. Jeff, Jeff, I, I want to know what his opinion is. Brian Flores is the best coach available. Yeah, but that, we that, all know that. But that, hold on, it. that doesn't make sense. Why would he reach out to him when they haven't even hired their GM? That's something that John Mara doesn't do. He never does that. Why did he do that? Because Brian Flores was the best coach available, right? Oh, so that was the he reason. Is. Yes. How about you want the best coach? How about he already knew that he was hiring Brian Dable? How about that? Then and that he knew that he knew he was going to bring in Joe Shane, and Joe Shane was going to bring in Brian Dable, and he Maybe. only yeah absolutely. Maybe. Why did they not bring Flores back for a second interview? Absolutely. Then? Why didn't they do because that? Because Joe Shane has worked with uh, Dable for how many years now? They have a working relationship. Mm-hmm. Listen, it. I I'm, I understand where we're going with this, and again, this is gonna it. Whatever, I'll do it. So. Just because the GM is familiar with a coach, maybe he's something, hey, listen, this guy, he really is the reason Josh Allen changed overnight. This really is why Josh Allen's good. You don't have to draft a new quarterback. But that isn't a, this guy, that doesn't this guy have... will fix Daniel Jones. Hold on, though. The Giants are built on Daniel Jones. And Brian Flores. The Maras want Brian Daniel Flores, Jones. Hold on. Brian Flores can't fix uh, Daniel Jones. defensive guy. A defensive you, guy. Did he fix Tua? Uh, Tua, he didn't want Tua. That's what I'm he saying. He never to you. wanted to. But Tua. Did, did Tua improve under him? He doesn't have to. No. The team did. No, no he they didn't. switched off of offensive coordinators because they had trouble. It wasn't his he's fault. He's not an offensive guy. No, he's the not an offensive Dolphins guy at all. Switched off. Offensive I understand what you're saying. The Dolphins hired him to improve Speedy, their defense. Check what the Dolphins That's were why they brought in Kyle Van Noy. That's why they brought in Eric Rowe. They wanted guys to help institute the Patriot defense. That's why Brian Flores got the job. 
Daniel Jones is what the New York Giants want to work. They love the kid. They want this kid to be here. They don't care if Saquon's career pans out. They don't care about Darius Slayton. And they don't. They want Daniel Jones to be the guy. He's the Manning's boy. They're his boy. Brian Gable has literally staked claim in Josh Allen's success. All right, you don't think Joe Schoen has made his whole GM pitch on that? Are my job's wrist on this guy? Well, wait, hold on. Right. What's what's Miami ranked off? All right, so twenty. They were twenty fifth last year in total yards, five thousand seven hundred thirty eight total yards. They were twenty third in first downs. They were twentieth in passing touchdowns. They were last or uh, third to last in rushing yards mm-hmm. total. Twenty uh, fourth rushing touchdowns. They were 27th in penalties, so that's 6th worst. The fact is is that they were a borderline playoff team, and their numbers weren't even at, at, at the top of the league. Their defense. Oh, it was just their defense. The defense was the strength of the team. You're I, acting I, like that's a bad thing. That's a good thing. Again, good defense who deserves wins. credit for that defense? Brian Flores. Flores. Yes, I get it. But guess what? The New York Giants wanted an offensive guy. Does quarterbacks win your championships? No, they don't. But Daniel Jones is the catalyst of the team. He's the franchise. He's the guy. Get it through your thick head that Daniel Jones is what they want to work. So you're going to sit here. You're the gonna new sit here. GM they just right, hired right, is staking right, claim right, that this right. guy is going to fix Daniel okay, Jones. Okay, I, I don't, I don't want to go on this for the whole show because I want to get into the Tom Brady thing. So I'm not going to sit here. If you're going to sit here and tell me that John Mara, before he hires his GM, reaches out to Brian Flores, isn't fishy, I don't know what you're. I don't know what you're trying to look through on this. He, why would he reach out to Brian Flores he's, before he reached out to his GM? Was the world not shocked and dumbfounded when the Dolphins released Brian Flores? Yes, we were. Okay, why? Because he's a good freaking coach, is he not? Mm-hmm. Okay, so mm-hmm. Mara probably called him like, "Hey, listen, you're by far the best coach on the market." Come down, please, and talk to That's us. That's for the GM to make that decision, not Which, the owner. On, on, How many GMs on, do you think we're going to say, on, no, we don't want to work with Brian Flores? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Just, they I probably just thought the GM point. would be on board. I, I, I just want to make one point to just highlight how racist this really is, the, the, what the Giants did, right? We're all in agreement. Tyler's making the point. I don't like the kid, but he's making the point. Brian Flores was the best coach available. Then why did you already hire someone before you even interviewed the best person available? Mm. Because they hired a white guy because that's what they were comfortable with Mm -hmm. and be damned about the black guy. Then why would they even interview Patrick Graham then? He's already your defensive coordinator. And why are the Giants trying to keep him? If they're so racist, why don't they say, go, leave, we'll replace you? He's not the head coach. He's not running the He's a defensive coordinator. He's not running the team. He's he's a marquee part of the team. He's not running right. the team. You know, the head you know, coach in the defense. That's half the team. Because that, that's the head coach. The head coach wanted to keep him. You, Dable you know said he was keeping him. Right. Right. And way, it's really not a, up to him because Graham takes there's, – There's a hundred coordinator positions. There's literally a hundred coordinator positions. Do you know how many coordinators are even minorities? Mm. 16%. I, 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 right. 16%. That's all the way from special teams, defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, whatever. There's, there's a problem. There's a real problem in hiring minorities. Not even at head coach. Why doesn't Lewis Riddick get a job? Right. What is Lewis? What is Lewis Riddick a bad interview? Oh, he can't talk. His job is only talking on TV. Right. No. When I say he can't interview, I mean maybe they. Maybe he doesn't just. No, no, no. It's a doesn't give the answer that you want to hear. 
Every no, no, no. job wants yeah, you to say, you don't do this, you're a team player. We all have interviews in life. This is every job imaginable. I so know. maybe, Eric Benetemy, maybe... Read what Sam wrote. Right, read what Sam Sam, Sam Brooks says he reached to Flora, reached out to Flores immediately to satisfy the said Rooney that. rule. Mm-hmm. Having said that, it's naive to think teams don't pinpoint a guy or two when they don't want to I be agree. their guy. It's just a shame these guys never seem to be the minority candidates. He's right. Why? That's exactly why he reached out to... to, to um, uh, Flores before he even hired his right. GM. That's exactly why. Because he already knew, he already knew he was going with Brian Dable. And that that's a oh. smack in his face. So, because, let's be honest, Brian Dable has never coached a team in his career. And Brian Flores, two straight seasons with winning seasons with the terrible Miami Dolphins. Which, by the way, their offense is ranked amongst the league's worst. Right. By the way, we have uh, both Nithin and we also have Mark joining us. What's up? That's up, guys. Goes any further? What's going on, boys? How are you? Patrick Graham was the first guy they interviewed. They didn't have to freaking reach out. Patrick, Patrick, at all. Patrick Graham. Right. So, so, so Patrick Graham is their token, and be damned, hire the best coach available. We want Whitey. <laughs> Listen, I'm not saying that, but if the GM is telling ownership, "Hey, <clears throat> I really trust this guy. If it doesn't work, fire me too." All right, we'll get. We're hiring you to run our franchise. If you think this guy's the best piece to the pie, then we'll listen to you. That's what. Yeah, that's a, what happens. That's why you hire the GM. It's also a dereliction of duty to not not interview the best person available, mm-hmm. who, by your words, is the best person available. Mm-hmm. I agree. Brian Flores is the best coach available by right far, now. By it's far, it's not even close. And I would even say he's better than Harbaugh, even if Harbaugh did want a job back. Like shit, and they treated him like shit hiring a dude before they already interviewed him. And, and that's that's absolutely treating them like a token, knowing that you're going to hire someone else. But we're just going to bring them in for the optics of the thing. That's the definition of racism. Mm. They I, get rid of the stupid and, and I'm that sorry that you, And I'm sorry that you don't under, understand that because the, the poor white people interviewed too. It has nothing to do with poor white people. It has nothing to do with anything. Before. All Go I'm saying is more meeting. white people get rejected than anything else. <laughs> like, I, I don't understand. Dude. You, you, I'm, you are the height of stupidity and fucking racism. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's amazing. It's literally amazing. It's literally amazing. You literally are parroting all of the racist tropes that could possibly be out there. Oh, Eric, maybe Eric Bieniemy is a bad interview. I didn't say that. I didn't say it was a yes, bad you interview. Did. Yes, you, I yes, said, yes, you did. Yes, you did. Rumor is he's a bad I interview. Right, I never yes, interviewed yes, the man. I can't say he was a bad interview or not. Oh, oh yeah. That's also a racist trope. It's also a racist trope. Oh, oh, the black guy can't talk? No. Oh, a lot like, of people oh, can't talk. He's, he's, he's I deal with people better, every day that can't talk. Doing, he, he's only doing a better job than everyone else at the NFL at his job. <laughs> would you Would you say Brian Flores is a top 10 coach right now in the NFL if he was sure. coaching? Yeah. All right, so why didn't he get he that did. job? I, it doesn't matter. You guys are all acting as if the Giants not hiring. Listen, the more racist things that you got fired. Dude, it wasn't even the Giants. It was the Broncos. I think that's just how Elway. I mean, Elway is just that way. Elway, Elway's not part of the organization anymore. Elway showed up to interview drunk. He's not. He's not part of the organization anymore. He's not the. He's not the GM. He's not the. He's not the. These text messages from three years ago. Yeah, but he is part of the organization. He's He doesn't. He doesn't make the final decisions with that organization anymore. He's certainly a part of the hiring process. He's not the GM because he got a position higher up. So yes, he's a part of the front office and the decision making. So trying to absolve him is ridiculous because if he's not part of the decision making, why is he in the room for the interview? 
Go ahead. Uh, I'm, I'm, go ahead. Are you, do you got something to say? I'm, I'm letting you speak. Because I, I just... Because I want to get this off this subject. Com- the whole conversation... Is no, it isn't. This is, this is a big story right now throughout, throughout the country. And, and, and it's going it's gonna to grow legs. And, and it's going to grow legs. And be, this is going to peel pretty far back. And I think a lot of people are going to get really upset. I think that the only... Yeah, like you. Yeah, like no, you. No, I'm not upset at all. People, I think it's hysterical that the everything's racist now. Racist this, racist. I, it's I like mean, everything down yeah. is racist. Oh, you yeah, cut me I, off I, in I line. Why? Because I'm white? Oh, no. I didn't yeah, see I, you I, there. I, that That's why. Tyler, good for you. you you've finally gotten your wish. You've finally yeah. broken me. I won't appear on this show anymore because of your racism. How's oh. that? No, I don't want you've that. Got your, you've no. got... No, no, no. That's what you're going to get. Because if you can't understand what he just went through, what he was just going through was racist tropes, the problem isn't just him. So, so hold on, hold on. Hold I, on. I, I, no, I, I wish you all well with your show. I won't partake in anymore. I won't put my name next to those statements. How's that? You guys enjoy your night. Well, how wonderful. I have Brian Flores back 100%. I support Brian Flores 100%. And I, I, get, I, I, I know where he's coming from. And uh, all these black... People, all these black coaches need—they're dealing with a lot right now. I'm, I'm not only him. You got freaking Jim Caldwell, Eric Bemily, um, also, oh, and, and uh, what's his name? Um, I can't think. But the Mecca Ryan's too. Yeah. Yes, Demico Ryan's. Uh, how, how come he's not getting any uh, uh, sniffs? As it's a, really all the Vikings that are pushing for and, him right now. Yeah, and, and I don't get the, the teams bringing these black coaches for interviews and they don't hire them like what the hell like what is going on here with the with that in the freaking nfl the who cares about the rooney rule rooney rule change the rules where black coaches can have a chance to freaking be a head coach in this fucking league i'm 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 tired of it like like seriously i i'm and plus we're part we we we're part we uh help uh uh help uh the hugh jackson foundation and I don't, I don't care, I don't care if there's haters out there. What, after what he said on Sports Center, I'm so we still have Hugh Jackson's back. We still have Hugh Jackson's back. I don't give, a, I don't give a shit, man. Like seriously, like I'm telling you, the NFL needs to do a better job of uh, with these black coaches. And, and, and it's just frustrating to see all these white coaches getting a chance and not all these black coaches. It's all about diversity, right? <laughs> They in the NFL don't think that it doesn't think that way. The NFL do not does not think like that. And freaking Roger Roger Goodell sits in his couch doing nothing. I think that there's something needs to be done. I think Roger Goodell should be fired. I think that when you look at the big picture of where the Giants are and and John Mara is going to be fine. The Broncos are going to be fine. All these teams are going to be fine. But it, they're never going to learn their lesson. And and poor Brian Flores. Brian Flores is going to be blackballed. He's going to be blackballed in league. He's going to get his money. He's going to make his money just like Colin Kaepernick did. And then he's going to go off on his way. And and no team is going to hire him as a head coach because of what has happened. And they're afraid that if they hire him, if if he doesn't get what he wants or something doesn't work out the way he wants it, he's going to throw them to the wolves just like everybody believes he's, thro- he's throwing all these teams to the wolves. Let's go R. <laughs> yeah. LGR. Yes. Vienza. I don't want the defensive and you player know of the year anymore. I want I, the Vienza. Because I, I don't care about the Rangers right now. We're not talking about the Rangers. Uh, this has nothing to do with the Rangers. I told you don't bring up the R word. No, it has nothing to do with it. We're talking about something else. Why are we bringing up the Rangers? I didn't bring it up. 
Our guest brought up. I was acknowledging what he said. Well, good for you. And I'm acknowledging that we have fans that are really pissed off because everybody thinks that you're racist. You know this. This is this is ridiculous. You don't. You don't. You don't feel like you you said racist remarks on what you were saying. No, <laughs> I talk race every day. And by the way, at my job, I'm the minority. Like this is crazy to me. This is insane. This is insane. Like me and my GM hang out all the time, all the time. This is ridiculous. This is absolutely insane. That's crazy. This is insane. So, wait, I'm a racist because I thought Brian Flores was the best coach on the market. I'm a racist because I thought the Giants were going to give the man a genuine shot. And listen, we've seen dumb coaching hires before. By the way, how many of you were, oh, he's just going to be another Bill Belichick guy that fails in Miami. So, that's not, like, come on. Like, this is ridiculous. The guy got fired, right, because it was a hostile work environment. Him and the owner did not get along because he thought that Brian Flores basically pushed Tom Brady out of Miami down to Tampa Bay. Whether it's right or wrong, that's kind of the story that's going on right now. And I'm not saying that there's not racism there. Maybe maybe Ross is a racist. I'm not denying that. But two truths can be true. A guy can get a job call because, hey, listen, you're the best qualified. Oh, wait, no. He only got the job call because he's black. No, that's not what I'm thinking. That's not racist thinking. If I was racist, I'd be like, yeah, he was the token interview. No, I thought he got the interview because he was the best coach available, giving the man his due respect. This is insane. Anyways, why don't we get into the Tom Brady thing? Here's what Tom Brady said. The future is exciting. I'm fortunate to have a confounded, incredible companies like Autograph IO, Brady Brand, TB12 Sports that I am excited to continue to help build and grow. But exactly what my days will look like will be a work in progress. As I said earlier, I'm going to take it day by day. I know for sure I want to spend a lot of time giving, uh, giving to others and trying to enrich other people's lives, just as so many have done for me. With much love, appreciate, and gratitude, Tom. That's what he wrote. How long does it take you to find that, Speedy? And then Robert Kraft said something. Words cannot describe the feelings I have for Tom Brady, nor adequately, uh, adequately express the gratitude my family, the New England Patriots, and our fans have for Tom for all he did during his career. A generation of football fans have grown up knowing only an NFL only NFL in which Tom Brady dominated his retire he retires with nearly every NFL career passing record yet the only one that ever mattered to him was the team win or loss record in his 20 years as a starter his teams qualify his his teams qualified for the playoffs 19 times he led his team to 10 Super Bowls, uh, Super Bowls, winning an NFL record seven championships in a team sport like football. It is rare to see an individual have such a dominant impact on his team's success. You didn't have to be a Patriot fan to respect and appreciate his um, competitiveness, determination, and will to win that fueled his success. As a fan, a fan of football, it was a privilege to watch 
as a Patriot fan, it was a dream come true. I have great, uh, he, uh, I think he says, I have the greatness, greatest respect for Tom personally and always will. His humility, his humility coupled with his drive and ambition truly made him special. I will always feel a close bond to him and will always consider him an extension of my immediate family, Robert Kraft. So that's what Robert Kraft wrote about Tom Brady. Are you guys surprised that he didn't mention the Patriots in his retirement thing? No, because I think everybody knows that he he has a lot of respect and love for the Patriots. I, oh. I know Bill Belichick. You could say what anybody anybody would want to you know cause an argument or trouble that him and him and Bill Belichick at the end didn't like each other. I don't believe that. I think Bill Belichick and Tom Brady had a lot of respect for one another. I think. Bill Belichick wants to win a championship without him, and that's why I don't think he has retired. I think when Bill has an opportunity to win a championship, and I think yeah. Bill, I think Bill will be in the league for two or three years, and I think he'll retire. I think Bill is sixty-nine years old. I think it is. He's getting up there in age. His son is now the defensive coordinator for the Patriots, so I, I think he eventually will uh, pass the uh, the baton to his son. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really do believe that, you know, Bill Belichick is one of the greatest uh, coaches and ambassadors of professional sports we've we've seen. And, I'm again, I am not a Bill Belichick fan. I, I can't stand him. I, I, especially being a Jet fan, I can't stand him. But to see greatness and understand greatness, you can only see that with the New England Patriots. Seven champions – well, six championships with him, with – uh, with Tom Brady in what an eighteen eighteen year span, it, it's a fantastic feat. Uh, how many times did they go to the Super Bowl? Uh, you know, with Tom Brady, I think it was like, I think it was like nine times. You know, with Tom Brady, it, it's an amazing feat. And and yes, Bill Belichick had a lot to do with it. But Tom Brady, uh, you know, he was the leader. He was the the centerfold. He was the guy. He was the face of that organization and what that organization was for the twenty years of domination and dominance. So. You know, again, I'm not a Tom Brady fan. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, man, he will, you know, I, I love him. I worship him like a lot of, you know, Brady fans will. I, I will say this. Watching Tom Brady play was something that I could tell my fans, I tell my fans, tell my kids, tell mm-hmm. my family, tell everybody, you know, in the future that I got a chance to see Tom Brady even when he was a rookie, grow into the position as a quarterback and and go down as one of the greatest, if not the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. And the same thing I could say about Michael Jordan. A lot of these young guys, Speedy, um, Tyler, you, you guys really never got a chance to see yeah. you know, Michael Jordan play at the peak of his career. I had the opportunity to watch the guy. I remember when he was drafted. I was a kid when he was drafted. I was a baby. I I wasn't watching basketball when he was drafted. But I the first time I had a chance to watch basketball, I was it was 1986. I I was born in 82. I was I was about almost five years old when I first started watching basketball, and I hated. I, I, the first thing I, I I knew was the New York Knicks in in any sport. That was my first team. My first love was the New York Knicks, and I hated Michael Jordan because. Every time, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s, mid-90s, every time Michael Jordan played against the Knicks in Madison Square Garden, he, he killed the Knicks. He scored 40, 50 points against the Knicks. I couldn't stand him. But I always knew that after he retired, I would benefit to say that Michael Jordan was the greatest athlete I've ever seen play. And, and honest to God, Michael Jordan is the greatest athlete I ever saw play in any professional sport. I think he's the greatest athlete of all time. But Tom Brady... 
Say whatever you want. Hate him, love him, including I would be one of those guys to hate him. Tom Brady can only be respected for the, the, the person that he is on the field and even off the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Brady was a night. I got to, I never met Mike. I, I never met Tom Brady. I never met Michael Jordan, but what I've seen with Tom Brady on and off the field, he was, he's a very giving person. Uh, he's very into charity work with him and his wife and his kids. And, and you have to respect the person that he is. Charles Smith just got blocked again. Well, uh, don't, don't bring that up, Carl, please don't. I don't want to remember 94 Knicks, all right, or the 95 Knicks. But to me, what Tom Brady will, you know, bring to the, you know, the per- he brought me to hate the Patriots. He brought me to hate the fact that he was dominant when he stepped on the field. He brought me to hate the fact that I hated watching the Jets play against the Patriots, you know. So um, because I always knew that 90% of the time he played against the Patriots, they were going to lose. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you you can you can hate him, but you also respect him. And my just like Michael Jordan, I hated him, but I respected him. And I knew that after I Michael Jordan was going to retire, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to say that there was anybody better than him or what he did. And then you get a chance to see LeBron James grow up as a player, and Kobe Bryant, and and all these guys, all all the great players of our time uh, in each professional sport. And Tom Brady really sticks out, you know, for the last 20 years. Who was better than Tom Brady um, as far as winning is concerned in football? And that is no one. And will anybody ever win seven championships in their career? I don't know. I mean, to me, the NFL teams, if you look at NFL teams, I think the most Super Bowls are the the Patriots and the the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think it's seven, right? Six. Six. Mm -hmm. Six. And Tom Brady has more championships than any professional football team in history. So, uh, to 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 see that feat and and who he is, I'm not going to say he's a goat because this is the time for offense and the game has changed and transition in 2004 2005. But he's one of them. If you if you want to you want to argue that point, if you want to compare you know some of the greats and I, I like I said Joe Montana being one of them, Tom Brady, Johnny Unitas, you know uh, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, Dan Marino, any one of these guys. Nobody's going to have as many championships as Tom Brady. Remember, this is the ultimate team sport, so it's not just Tom Brady winning them, but Tom Brady was a big part of those championship teams. So uh, as a Jet fan, I'm happy he's gone, all right? I'm, I'm happy he's gone. But he's not in the, he wasn't in the Jets' division anymore, so it really didn't matter. He was in Tampa. The Jets played him this year and almost beat him, all right? So Tom Brady, to me, he'll always, I'll always remember him as one of the guys I always hated. But we'll always respect at the end of his career, you know, 10 years from now when he's not, you know, when we go back in time and we might be talking about some other quarterback that's, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes who wins three or four championships or even Joe Burrows wins four or five championships in the future. I'm always going to say, boy, oh boy, I'll always hate Tom Brady, but I'll always respect him because he's one of the greatest players, one of the greatest athletes I've ever seen play in his respectable sports.
How about you, Speedy? Uh, when I first started watching football, it was 2004, and that was the year that they won their Super Bowl 39 championship against the Philadelphia Eagles. And I remember I knew a lot of Patriots fans. Uh, this is when I was nine years old as kids, and everything, oh, everything was about Tom Brady and Tom Brady. So I, the magnitude of Tom Brady even stemmed down to a younger generation at that time where there's diff- different people that could appreciate that kind of thing. And now it could have been regional. It could have been national later on based on the, his track record and his success that he had. And I agree with Errol. You're not going to probably ever see that kind of thing with championships again, just because there's a lot more parity in the league and also the media pressure too. You, you see, you, Oh, everyone's coining the chiefs, the new dynasty. Now they lose. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're going to get that kind of thing where these guys are going to switch off more. There's not many guys that could do that like Tom Brady and just, adapt to everything how many different receivers how many different running backs switching to one te- a new team in the one year and then winning a super bowl on the road which we were saying oh uh, it's the nfc it's a, it's a lot tougher and he does it right away in, in that in that first year and i don't know if you're ever going to see that kind of overall leadership and overall track record of success as much as you saw with the Patriots, whether it's all Brady, whether it's all Belichick, a lot of it was Brady. You have to give Brady all the credit in the world with that. And it's, and again, it was consistent. It wasn't like, Oh, this guy, Oh, he had a bad year. He had, he was limping through a lot of these injuries. He did a great job in keeping his body in shape. And that's why he's had one of the best, if not the best longevity ever seen of an athlete. He's 44 years old. Now, granted the quarterback position is not a running back or a, a corner or something. The like fact that, that he played position. at the top of his game in his best career, Career. His best statistical yeah. year is the final year that he retires. Right. Says a lot mm-hmm. for who he, Tom Brady is. Yeah, okay? You're not going to see longevity like that from in a lot of sports, nevertheless just football. And Tom Brady has 2.3 million people following him on Twitter. He should have yeah. a lot more than that. Yeah. yeah. If he had it longer, he'd probably have like almost a billion, I would imagine. He only got his Twitter, I think, last year. So March 2019. Yeah, he would probably be in the billions in that case. But yeah, you could definitely tell. Even like the casual football fans, a lot of, oh, Tom Brady's on. I have to go watch Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Like everybody knew it. Uh, I can't bet it's get against Tom Brady. That's how much of the influence that he had. And mm-hmm. whether it was from... Just hate like a lot of these fan bases have had to go through with the Patriots beating their team in the playoffs or the Patriots beating their teams in the Super Bowl, whatever. Even in the they they still know him and they still have to say, wow, what kind of longevity this this has been. There were so many instances where people were saying, oh, is this the year he starts to decline? He had a bad start to 2014. He had a bad start to 2017. He had certain stretches and he still just kept proving everybody wrong. And you don't get it. You don't get many athletes like that. Tom Brady, my Giants beat you twice, but you still overcame everything else and won everything else you could imaginable. Well, the Eagles beat him too. So. Yes, they did. How about you, Tyler? What, what are your thoughts to Tom Brady? He's the GOAT. I mean, that's obviously – he's the greatest quarterback our generation's ever seen. And mm-hmm. honestly, it's not – he owns everything. Completions, touchdowns, yards. It's all Tom Brady, winning percentage, wins and playoffs. Play, every, he's like the LeBron of football right now. He owns every record you could possibly think of or want to have. It, it's amazing. And honestly, the only one I could even compare him to at this point is Jordan. He's the only one even close. I beg to differ. But. No, no, it's it's Jordan and then him. But, jeez, uh, how do you dominate? He dominated a team sport, and he was the team. Mm-hmm. He was the offense. He was the only reason that team had a chance. They were down 28-3. Oh, well, we got Brady. Even <coughs> in Tampa Bay this year when they lost. Football is the ultimate team game. As yeah, great as Tom yeah, Brady yeah. is, he doesn't well, play no defense. Quarterbacks to go. He doesn't play defense. He doesn't play special teams. Well, neither did John Montana. I, I, I agree. And that's why I wouldn't – he's not nowhere close to Michael Jordan. I'm sorry. He's just not. 
I mean, you you forget about some of the greatest. Great. How about Serena? Sport. How about Serena Williams? How about how, how about how dominant she was? How she about was Roger? How about Roger Federer? How about him? Oh, I, how about right Tiger now. Woods winning seventeen championships? How about that? Yeah, you would. Except football is a lot more physical than golf. Golf is a one man sport. It football is, is the ultimate team sport. It is, but football is a lot more. Physical. Football it's, is the ultimate no. team sport. Yeah, I get it, but it's also the most physical sport on the planet. That's great. No, it's not. Hockey is the most physical sport. All right, fine. It's the second most physical sport on the planet. Wayne Golf Gretzky. The second elite Wayne sport. Gretzky. Gordy Howe. Mario Lemieux. No, that's great. That's awesome. Muhammad Ali. That's great. Wayne Gretzky, you couldn't touch him. That's why he was as great as he was. And if you did touch him, chances are you were going to get banged up afterwards. The fact is, when we go back and we try to compare the greatest players of all time, I'm sorry, Tom Brady is up there. He's in a top ten. But to say he's right behind Jordan, that's not true. That's not true. Because the, the dominance – first of all, Michael Jordan is a league of Michael – Jordan, Michael Jordan is a league of his own. That's one sure. thing. Brady's and the only one close to him. I, I don't think Brady's close to him at all. I, a matter of fact, when, when we go back and we look at the, some of the players and the, some of the people that I've mentioned uh, – Specifically, how about Michael Phelps as, as, as won how many gold medals? I mean, he won like nineteen twenty. That has He's nothing a to do. Athlete altogether. We're, we're, Tom Brady's talking. got the better career. How do you figure? Because Tom Brady for twenty two years did something. Michael Phelps for twelve years did something. My, Michael Phelps. Right, but there's also world championships. No, in I, I understand. Though, so. Michael I understand. Phelps was in five Olympics. Bowl, Michael Phelps Michael was in Phelps five. Is, Michael Phelps is the greatest Olympian we've ever had. Agreed. I guarantee you that's one hundred percent true. Tom Brady's NFL career is only to be matched by Michael Jordan's. I disagree. That's it. I disagree. Oh. Michael Jordan. I, hate, I get it. You don't like Brady? No, I understand. Not, no, because I've said it before. <laughs> I'm only repeating what you literally came out of your mouth with. No, I'm 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 explaining to you that Wayne Gretzky won how many <laughs> championships? How many championships did Wayne Gretzky win? Four. 3, 4. He won Three, 4 championships. Four. How hard is it to win a 4 championships in the NHL? And very hard. How hard is it to win seven Super Bowls? Seven Super Bowls. Incredibly hard. Yeah, that's a t- that's why ultimate, no organization's ultimate, done it yet. Ultimate team sport. So I've talked basketball. about this. Basket- basketball's a team sport. Basketball's not a team sport. What are you kidding me? Don't get me started with basketball. You have the best player. You have the best chance of going now. to the finals and winning a championship every now. every year. Michael Jordan every year. was the best player for really after his year he broke his foot. Till the day he retired, right? Mm-hmm. So why did it take him six years to win something? Uh, because he needed a coach and he All needed right players then. around him. Right. That's a team. That, no, it's not a team. It's not okay. a team. Let me ask you a question, buddy, because we could sit here forever. Michael Jordan retires. How many championships did they win? Who? How many championships did the Bulls win when Zero. Michael Jordan retired? Zero. 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 That's right. And what have the Patriots won since Brady left? Uh, he's left one year ago. No, he didn't. Yeah, it, it's no. one in it's two, two, two years. second year. Two, going on yeah, three. the first year, the first year you have to find a quarterback to fill in his spot. It's really one full but year. You say they it's had a Belichick system. That, they plug in whoever Belichick. And they win. Belichick will win as soon as he gets their quarterback in 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 perspective of the offense. They're going to win. They will win. They're They've going won to win. And, and, and Brady's still went further in the sit, playoffs. And to sit here and say that Brady is the second greatest athlete of all time is ridiculous. It's well, ridiculous. I said it. Well, well, of course. You said a lot of things. That's ridiculous. To put it in perspective, Michael Phelps won 23, <clears throat> gold, 23 gold medals and 28 total Olympic medals and also won 34 uh, world championship medals, 27 gold as well. 
Mm. Yeah, it's not he's, even close. No, he's top five. He's absolutely top, top five. five. He's he's, he's, he's ahead five. of Brady. I mean, come on. As an athlete, yes. That's what we're talking about. No, but I, I mean by pure athleticism. Michael, by the way, Michael Phelps has probably won that. No, he's not. No, he's not. My, I mean, that that's better than Jordan's career, too. No, but here's the thing. Jordan never... Phelps <laughs> dominated swimming. Here's the thing. He was the greatest Jordan's swimmer. never lost in the finals. He never lost. When it I came down to when it came down to dominate in, in the finals, medals, so yeah. that. I, I, I mean, uh, well, ninety three, ninety four. I mean, what what is this? You, I, Carl I says Hugh Hugh Hollins cost the Bulls in ninety three, ninety four, and he also says Duncan Keith has three titles. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not even talking about the Chicago teams. I, I don't, that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm, say. I'm trying to say when you look at the greatest players of their professional sports and, and of all time. I would say that Tom Brady is not even the greatest football player to ever play the game. Jerry Rice was, okay? And you could shake your head all you want. It's, it's, Jerry it's just, Rice was. It's just so funny. What, what's so funny? It's just funny to me how this argument's backwards. So Joe Montana is a better quarterback than Brady because he made guys, he made this. But the greatest football player ever was his wide receiver. Yes. And it's Joe Montana. What? Deserved what? So why, why does Joe Montana get more credit than Brady? I'm not saying Brady never threw to the greatest I'm not player saying, of all time. Uh, for, oh, the greatest player of all time. You just said uh, it's yes, Jerry Rice. Yes, yes, yes. And Jerry Rice was great when he went to Oakland. He was great wherever he went. Right. It didn't matter who was throwing the ball. Okay. From Joe the Montana, shot anybody throwing yesterday. the ball. He was the greatest player of all time. And a lot of people, a lot of people, and, and Aaron Donald, when he's all said and done, He'll be up there. Seven all pros he in needs a row. One Super Bowl. Seven all pros in a row. To, he needs one. to Tom Brady, he's going to win one. And 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 is Tom Brady ever gone to seven straight All Pros? No. No. Okay. Aaron Donald is no. going to be the first. How many All Pros he got? Seven, eight. Yes, uh, three first team. I'm trying to see second team. It doesn't matter about second team. I'm talking about All Pro. Yeah, first three first teams. teams. Three first team All Pros. All Pro first teams, and that and, and Aaron Donald for the last seven years in a row, he's been an All Pro player. Seven years straight, which if he goes next year, I think he ties the record. And the year he after does. that, he breaks the record. And he, I think he's going to do it for the next two or three. I think he's going to dominate for the next three years. So when, when all said and done, Aaron Donald, to me, is going to be the greatest, greatest football player ever to play the game. Well Errol makes be. an interesting point. Bill Russell with more titles than Michael Jordan. Jordan is better. Brady, more titles than Rice. Rice is better. I absolutely believe. I, I, I Listen. If you look at the NFL, when they put the top 50 of all time, who's the number one guy every single year? Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice every single year. They've done it They've done it every single year for the last three years. Who's been number one? Jerry Rice. You're talking about, you're talking about some of the greatest defensive players of all time. Reggie White. People forget how great Reggie White was. Remember, when he was in the CFL, I think it was the CFL or whatever the hell it was, he had 50 sacks before he came to the NFL, which he retired with the most sacks in NFL history. NFL history. Jerry Rice in the 2002 season with the Raiders had 12 on 11 yards and seven touchdowns on 92 catches at 40 years old. I mean, Jerry Rice is the great, to me, the greatest all-around football player to ever play the game. That, that's, that's the way I look at it. All right? Now, if you want to, you want to put Jerry Rice on that list, yeah, we could, we could put Tom Brady on the list. Tom Brady is not in the top five. I'm sorry. I'm just not putting him there. He's not. I don't know how I don't know how you don't say that. He owns every record you could possibly ask a quarterback to have. He played longer than won. everybody. He played longer than everybody. That's not that shouldn't get a knock on him. Uh, it, 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 it's, you look at it. You look at the, the how growth many players of, played twenty two years in the NFL. 
at any position. I understand that. That's that's just his health and stuff like that. But again, he played 22 years. So do you look at the numbers and stuff like that? How about this? How long did Wayne Gretzky play in the NHL? I don't know, Errol. You tell me. I, I don't know. How, how many years? You shaking your head? No, he played, he played in 20. I think it was 20 years. I think he played in the NHL for 20 years. Who's the closest guy to Wayne 21 Gretzky? 21 years, yep. No, 21. Who's the closest guy to his numbers right now? I would probably say Lemieux. Lemieux the, 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 just give yeah. me an – I don't know. I'm, I'm asking. Know. I'm asking one of you guys. Speedy's no. the producer. I'm asking him. Yeah, 28-57 points in his career, which 894 goals, 1963 assists, and NHL all-time point leaders. I want to know who's the closest to Wayne Gretzky's numbers right now. And how long no, did they play? All right, so goals, the set, the set, yeah, goals. But to put it in perspective, Yarmir Yager is second all time yeah. with nineteen twenty one points, and he that is almost nine hundred points behind. And he also played in over two hundred more games. Mark Messier is third, eighteen eighty seven, played five hundred, uh, played about three hundred more I games. I put Wayne Gretzky second in, in a heartbeat over Tom Brady. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I mean, come on. They, they 200 more games. Yamir Yager played in 200 more games and still didn't break his record. But you don't even think he's the GOAT. I, what happened? You don't even think Wayne Gretzky's the he's GOAT. He's not. Because what Michael Jordan did in the time no. that he was dominant. You think Lemieux was better. Yes, I, I think. So, yes. No, no, I think. Not because so of the points. Means, no, no. Listen. Mario I watched, Lemieux is second to you. No. no. No, I no. When I'm I'm looking at numbers and what they've done and what they've done in their careers, in my eyes, Mario Lemieux is the greatest hockey player I've ever seen. And if you were to ask me if Mario Lemieux played his whole career without leukemia and all the other stuff, retiring, coming back, retiring, coming back, Mario Lemieux would have all of Wayne Gretzky's records. He was on his way of breaking those records. Okay, he couldn't because he was out for five years because of leukemia and all that other stuff. Tragic. It, it, and, and he came back, and he still was the dominant player that he was. But uh, if you look at points and what they dominated their sports, I'm sorry. I'm going to take Wayne Gretzky, what Aaron Wayne, Wayne Gretzky did with his points, his goals, his assists, and numbers over Tom Brady's seven. Because, again, football is the ultimate team. You can't win if the special teams is on, your defense isn't on, and your full offense. You're not going to win. Tom Brady didn't win that himself. He it, it took it a whole Wayne team. Wayne Gretzky doesn't play defense. Wayne Gretzky doesn't friggin' stop the puck from going in the net. What Speedy? What's Wayne Gretzky's plus minus in his career? Five twenty. Plus twenty five twenty. Mm-hmm. Plus five twenty. Let me ask you a question, Tyler, because you know so much about hockey. I do because I played. How many players? How many players in their career retired with a five plus twenty five plus five twenty? I would assume he's probably top five, top three. Even. None. None. Ray Bork is the only other one mm-hmm. uh, that's here. And then Bobby Orr and Larry Robinson were the only what other ones. What was Bobby Orr? Uh, 580, 582. And then Larry Robinson, who was on a lot of loaded Canadian teams, 722 in the original six. Mm-hmm. There's only five guys above 500 for their careers, mm-hmm. too. So he did play defense. Uh, he, was, he was a good uh, offensive-defensive player. Now, Wayne Gretzky wasn't the, the blocking defensive player that he was, but when he was on the ice, he couldn't mm-hmm. score. I, I understand what you're saying, but he's not literally going into the net, grabbing a helmet, that's grabbing a, a, that's a, a stick, and stopping the, the puck. The from going plus in the net. minus is, is such an, an important number for defensemen. 
because that's the way you rate a defenseman right. and what they do. I understand. Okay. I know what the plus minus. So just think about this: all the great defensemen that have played in this league, besides Ray Bork, who was it? Bobby Orr. It was Bobby Orr. And all Larry. of them. All of them were defensemen except Wayne Gretzky. Just think about it that way. Oh, I all of them I were defensemen, and three of them. Uh, except one, Robinson, Larry Robinson. Robinson was a defenseman, too. Yeah, but Larry, I, I know that. Larry Robinson wasn't c- compared to some of, one no. of the greatest defensemen no. of all time. Ray Bork, Bobby Orr, they were two of the greatest defensemen ever played the game. Okay? Right. They were all defensemen. Wayne right. Gretzky is the only offensive defensive player to ever have 500 or more plus minus. But do you see what you're doing? See you're saying there's only five guys above Wayne Gretzky, and that's a hell of an argument. There's nobody above Brady in anything. Anything. His individual stats beat franchise statistics. Yes, Carl. Gordy Howe played in five I, different decades. I, I, I don't understand. You're talking about a guy, oh, well, he's, all, he's the only offensive player. Brady's the only player to do what he did. Really? Now, if Peyton Manning, if Peyton Manning played. Should have, could have, would have. Yeah, if Peyton Manning played 21 years, do you think he would have, uh, he would have the but yards and guard? Exactly. And no, because he, he aged awful because of his neck. Because of his neck. But he was he would have he would have had the record too. He would have the numbers too. So but, to sit here to sit here and he had the numbers and so did Drew Brees. They they yeah. played longer. All right, Brady I, played I love longer. Drew Brees and there's a big difference between Tom Brady and Drew Brees and Peyton Manning. What's the difference between Drew Brees and Tom? Tom Brady, Brady steps up in big games. Those two did not. Oh, so Drew Brees and Drew Brees step- is the greatest pure throw of a football I've ever seen. Tom Brady disagree. played best disagree. in big moments. Disagree. I don't care if you disagree or not. Tom Brady played his best in big moments. He's psycho Tom. He's terrific Tom. He's uh, Belichick, Brady, goat boy. Like, What do you want to call him? Anyways, Nathan. says, uh, Nathan. Yes, but Gretzky had so many more points that everyone else, his plus minus can't help but be elevated. Who said that? Snug. Snug said, well, I, I didn't understand what he said. Yes, but since Gretzky had so many more points than everyone else, his plus minus can't help but be elevated. Yeah, because he was on the ice and, it, and it, they couldn't score goals when he was on the ice. So when you look at plus minus, the first thing you look at when it comes to defensemen is the plus minus. That's what you look at. That's, that's where you calculate uh, how, how good they are defensively when they're on and off the ice. And when they're on the ice... And they're scoring goals against your team. What happens? You're, you go to a negative. All right, that's what happens. He, he, Wayne Gretzky, when he was on the ice, people couldn't score. So it shows you that when people say Wayne Gretzky didn't play defense, that's a lie. Because t- John Tavares, who was a great offensive player for the Islanders for many, many years, his plus minus was negative every year practically. Okay, so he was compared to a great offensive player, terrible defensive player, the offensive defensive player. So those are the numbers and those are facts. Go look at it if you if you don't believe me. Carl says speedy Gordy Howe or Vince Carter, five decades versus four decades. I'm going Howe on that one because he was still a pretty great, pretty good player to, uh, with the Whalers when he was there, too. <laughs> And, and again, Tom Brady. I mean, you can argue Tom Brady's up there with you know in the top five, but of the greatest athletes of all time. But I, I still, I, there was a list I saw the other day. I think somebody put Jordan one, Muhammad Ali two. Uh, oh, Stephen A. Smith. No, I don't think it was Stephen A. Smith. Um, Muhammad Ali two. Um, who's the third? Serena, I think. It was Serena. Serena, was fifth. Serena. No, it was Serena. Serena Williams was third. I think fourth. I think he put Tom Brady at four or five, the guy did, or something like that. 
which I, I don't Tiger Woods, maybe? I, I don't Tiger Woods I think was in the top five. But I, I again, um I don't look at that list even I, I think Tom Brady's six or seven, if you if you really look at me look at it because I also look at the game, the basketball game, and how it changed when Bill Russell was in the league. You know, uh, Bill Russell was a, a dominant force for those Celtic championships. I mean, he's shut down Will Chamberlain. How many people could say shut down Will Chamberlain? He did. I mean, so, and then you look at, you look at football. I mean, the dominance of, you know, uh, I, I again, I, I don't only look at championships, okay? Okay, I look at, what they did when they when they were in the league and how bad their teams were when they dominated, like for instance, Jim Brown was a great player. Mm-hmm. All right, I, I think people forget how great Jim Brown was. Now he gets you know he 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 disappears because everybody Barry Sanders, you know uh, Walter Payton, you know they don't they don't realize how good for the the seven or eight years that Jim Brown played in the league, he dominated the league. It was like he was the best player. On the field every single Sunday, so and, and, and just a dominant, dominant force. So, I, you know, I would even put Jim Brown somewhere around there in the top seven, six, because of how dominant he was. He was a dominant force when he played the game. Now, again, that doesn't take away what Tom Brady has done. The league has just completely transitioned and changed, and it became an offensive league. So his numbers are going to be. You know, obviously boosted. Could you imagine if Dan Marino played in this time mm-hmm. of football? I say that all the time. What his numbers? Could you imagine outrageous. what his numbers would be yeah. if he played in this time of football? It would be scary what Dan Marino's numbers would be. Scary. It's it, it, it just you're talking about a hundred thousand yards. He probably would have thrown. That's how good he was. And 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 by the way, go look at the wide receivers he threw to. Okay. Yeah. No, Mark no Duper. Mark Duper was their best receiver, probably, and he no was probably a, a two at Mark best. No world too. bangers. That's for that's for sure. Okay. Nothing. Nothing that really stood out and say, "Oh my God, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer." So, you know, it, it, it's different. You know, it, it's a different kind of career. So, it, it's very hard to compare and contrast and say this guy's the greatest of his sport. If you want to look and you look at the great of what they've done, I think Jerry Rice stands out more than Tom Brady does. In the time that he dominated the sport at his position, Dan Marino had sixty-one thousand three hundred sixty-one yards in the in the eighties and the nineties. Nithin. All right, let me let me ask. Right, I was coughing up a storm, That's so right. I don't, let me see. Let me see if I can talk here. But uh, let me ask you. Let me ask you this question. Uh, obviously, you're not going to put Tom Brady in the top five list right now. But if he was still playing, and if he got, if he was, if he's, if he got, let me say. If you got double digit Super Bowl trophies like ten or eleven, would you put him in the top? Would you put him number one? Then, yeah, well, that's different. It's not going to happen. So, it, it, well, I know. I'm just saying. If he was, yeah, still playing, well, if he won ten, if, but again, again, if his goal was to win, multiple yes, yes, double- Nathan. But here's the thing, Nathan. Again, I'm going to go back to the sport, and Tom Brady wouldn't have won those championships if his special teams, his defense weren't playing up the par too. It wasn't just him. It, Tom Brady don't play defense. He don't play the special teams. Why did, well, let me ask you a question. Why did the why did the Bengals get to the Super Bowl? Was it just Joe Burrows? No. It wasn't was just Joe Burrow. Was it just him? Whole team. Collective. It was collective it was a collective part. They Joe Burrow only got sacked two times against the Kansas City Chiefs. There's kicker how many times did he kick these 10 field goal kicks? Four, four kicks. He's the, four, he four. now has 13 this postseason. I, I mean, <laughs> honestly, I mean, he, he's a big reason why 
They, they did. It wasn't just Joe Burrow that got him there. How about the Rams? Was it just Matthew Stafford on why they got there? No. It was Cooper Cup, two touchdowns, and friggin' 150, 160 yards in, in the NFC title game. How about, how about the defense? Von Miller, two sacks. Aaron Donald dominating the line of scrimmage. Ramsey uh, knocking the ball in all different places. I mean, it's not one player that does it. Even, even listen, and everybody blamed Tom Brady when he lost against two, in 2007 and 2011 against the Giants. It wasn't Tom Brady's fault fully also. It, it, the quarterback is to blame, but it's not all his fault. It wasn't all his fault on why the Giants won that game, those games. It was the defense. It was the... The, you know, the play calling. An offensive line in 2007 that was very good. <laughs> Struggled against so, the Giants pass rush. Tom Brady will, you know, everybody wants to blame Tom Brady when they lose and, and then give him all the credit when they win. You know, and, and, and I understand that's what the quarterback gets, but I, 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 Tom Brady is not the only reason why those Patriot teams were dominant. Okay? Uh, when they won those two championships against the Rams and the Jaguars, uh, against the Carolina Panthers, the, the reason why they won those championships, facts, and these are facts, it's because of their defense. And they, and they cheated, but that's a whole nother story. Carl yeah. says, Jordan the greatest, but didn't win titles until he got amazing supporting cast. Absolutely. And you need a, you need a supporting cast. You, you, mm-hmm. need, you need a supporting cast with basketball. But let's, let's be honest. When Jordan left, when Jordan left, and, and there was still Scottie Pippen there, and right. there was still the players that they had over there, did they win? No. Nope. They didn't. So... That's the difference. Well, Phil Jackson, okay, Kobe Bryant, all right, Kobe Bryant. But when when Shaquille O'Neal left, how long did it take Kobe to win a championship? Three years. The third year he won because they brought Paul Gasol. They brought in you know all the the players that they they brought in to fill in. Obviously, the loss of Shaquille O'Neal and Shaquille O'Neal was obviously aging. <clears throat> but Kobe, you know, Kobe was the main reason why the the Lakers won those championships. But they needed that that cast. And Kobe couldn't do it himself, but. Guess what? Kobe still was a force when he was w- without Shaquille O'Neal. So, and we can, we can go right now in the league now. Go look at Steph Curry. Steph Curry has been a he's a, one of the best three point shooters we've ever seen. Okay, Steph Curry has he won without Klay Thompson? Has he won without Klay Thompson? Yes has or no? Klay Thompson won without Steph. Curry? I, I'm just asking you. Did Steph Curry win without Klay Thompson for the time that it's been out three years? Yes. When? Single-handedly oh, dragged that team. That did they win a, a championship? Team. Did they win a championship? They haven't. Okay? And that, show, that shows, you know, the big picture. Now, hold on one second. Now we go to other players. All right? And we, we can go to other players. And it depends on the, the athlete. It depends on the sport. It really depends on everything. Again, I'm not taking away the greatness of Tom Brady. Okay? And I don't, I don't care what anybody says. I'm not. Tom Brady is one of the greatest athletes to ever play in professional sports. There's no question that he is. And you want to say he's the greatest quarterback? Okay, that's your opinion. He's, I, I definitely top two. I mean, some people would say Joe Montana. Some people would say Tom Brady. Tom Brady. They played in two different times, and, and that, that's why people will go back and forth. And Tom Brady grew up a Joe Montana fan and a San Francisco 49ers fan. He grew up uh, a fan of that. So did Aaron Rodgers, his favorite team. Was what are you laughing at? Because it's, I, I, it's just so funny. The whole Aaron Rodgers thing is funny. What's so? What's what's the whole Aaron Rodgers thing? Grew up Niners fan. Nah, they're gonna draft me. They're gonna Here's draft me. Damn, gonna... no, they're not. I hate them. I hate them. Oh, I get to beat them in the playoffs. Eh? Oh, I get to do it again. Eh? Oh, I did it again. Ah, no. 
Nah, this time I got him because everyone says Jimmy G sucks. Damn, I lost it again. The whole Aaron Rodgers story against uh, with San Francisco. Speaking I don't of know. Uh, that would make a Aaron. great comedic movie. Speaking of Aaron Rodgers, the uh, Buccaneers are interested in Aaron Rodgers. They're now. not getting him. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have. First of all, they don't have the money to get him. One. They're gonna trade though. They have to trade a playmaker to get him. They're not getting him. They, the Bucks no, were two million over the salary, is no, there, barely over the salary. There is no way the Packers are trading Aaron Rodgers to the Buccaneers. That's <laughs> not happening. He's going to the first of all. He's going to the AFC. He's not staying in the. He's NFC. going to the Broncos. There That's you go. where I, he's going to go to the AFC. That's where. There's no way the Green Bay Packers are going to trade him in where they have to see him. They could see him once or once a year or something like that. They don't want to see Aaron Rodgers. They'd rather see him once every four years. Right. And that's what's going to happen. They're going to send him to the AFC. They'll send him into a division like the you know the Broncos division where he's got a you know you know it puts a little bit more pressure on guys like Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So and, and that division that's could you imagine that quarterback? Uh, oh my god! That division, Derek Carr. Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. Yes. And how about this? Herbert. I mean, oh, Justin Herbert. There you go. Yeah, I mean, that arguably the best quarterback class right there in the one division. So it's crazy. The Raiders would be the least talented team, and they'd still be a talented team. Mm-hmm. What, do you guys, uh, what do you guys think of the Josh, McDan- uh, Josh McDaniels hiring? Horrible. Terrible. Horrible. Horrible. They should have brought back their interim guy that was a, that led him on a gritty bunch. Two and they years. bring in like a retread of a decade ago. Two years, Josh McDaniels will be fired. Mm. He will be fired. I, I just, I like Derek Carr. I think he's, you know, I, I think Josh McDaniels, uh, besides the the Brady offense with Brady, and uh, listen, Mac Jones, he did a great job with Mac Jones, but that has a lot to do with Bill Belichick. Too. Right. I think whoever takes over that offensive coordinating job, Mac Jones will still be at the same pace that he is. You know, this year, yeah, I'm, we see co- we see quarterbacks aid coordinators a lot of the time too with their with their play call. And we saw mm-hmm. Nathan. I mentioned this to you last week when you brought up Nathaniel Hackett, Joe yeah. Philbin, and Ben McAdoo were both bad head coaches. Both were Packers yeah. offensive coordinators. If you think it's a coincidence, look how many bad Belichick coaches. If you been. think it's a coincidence that Nathaniel Hackett was hired for the Broncos, I don't know what you guys need to see. I mean, hey, I, sure. I told Speedy. I told Speedy. I had inside. Yes, sources. we know your inside we, we sources. Know, we know that you. Had <laughs> you want to brag about the inside sources? No question. But again, I, I, I'm not against I've the telling, incentive. I've been telling. I've been telling everybody before the season even started that that's where he's heading. Okay, and I didn't need you know any source. I could. I could tell you the the writing was on the wall, and 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 and, and, and Jeff was right about this. He told you that the team was going to sell the team, mm-hmm. and, and they are. It came out uh, what. A couple of days ago, that they're selling the team for four billion dollars. So watch that; they'll be sold within the next couple of weeks. And uh, don't be su- surprised if Jeff Bezos is one of those guys that are going to bid for him. And don't be surprised right after that, Aaron Rodgers gets traded to the Broncos because it's going to happen. He's not retiring. I don't know why everybody thinks so. Tom Brady retired. He's going to. He's not retiring. If anything, this is even a better chance for him to win. So why? Why, if he comes to the AFC, I mean, who who besides Kansas City is going to really challenge them? Buffalo. I, I don't think Buffalo. Chargers. The Chargers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Chargers that don't win close games. Nathan, those Chargers. They're going to Kansas City's going to have to rebuild at the end of the season because they're going to lose some pieces. Yeah, I, I no, I think Buffalo's uh, ready to roll. I don't know why you're discounting yep. Buffalo. They are all going to be back next year. 
No, they're not. Their defense has got six guys on their defense is going to be gone. Jared Hughes is they don't have the money. 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 Six starters are going – they're going to be restricted free agents. They're not going to be able to sign them because they're over the salary cap. That's fine. So they're not going to bring them back. How are they going to bring them back if they're over the salary cap? Jerry Hughes is about 33 They just old, gave Josh Allen $256 million. That's fine. I didn't mention Josh Allen. Mario Addison So and how Jerry are they going to pay him? are both gone. They are old. AJ Espinosa and a draft pick are what they are going to bring in to replace them. Okay. okay. They drafted two pass rushers last year, too. Oh, uh, yeah, Gregory Russo. I'm really telling you, this is going to be a different Russo, defense. Yeah. This is going to be a different defense next year. They're not going to be the same defense. Okay. I'm telling you. And Trey White comes How much you want to bet? How much you want to bet? Their best player, they've missed for like, what, 10 weeks? You know what I can see the Bills doing? <clears throat> if you think bills. a corner is going to change a defense like that, he stops Tyreek Hill from running in the sixty-nine yard slant pass. You're, you're losing. You're losing seven guys, seven starters on your roster. You know, yeah, I, I can see the bills. The important uh, ones are still there. Okay, mm-hmm. we'll see what you I say. See you're you're going to see, see the they're going to be depleted. On a on a cheaper deal, I can't I, wait until it happens so I can shove it down your throat. Because because I'm why because the happen. bills are going to win the AFC East again next year. No, they're not. They're not winning the Who's AFC. Who's winning the AFC? Not them. It's not going to be them. Um, the Patriots being another. How? Uh, what do you mean how? How? Oh, okay. How? <laughs> how? How? They should have won. They could have won this year. How? Both teams are relatively going to be the same next year, and both teams um, went head to head, and the Bills just beat them. I just told you that the Bills are losing seven starters. What are you not not understanding this? I understand that. <laughs> but that's why you draft to replace. The Bills yeah. draft very oh, so well. They're pretty deep. You're, you're, t- you're the top defensive team in every single category this year. And you're losing seven starters in your lineup. And just adding younger players is going to make them better. You sound like an idiot. It sounds stupid. Four or five players stupid. are all coming back on that defense next uh, year. It, it sounds stupid. It's just absolutely stupid. How many, can... how, many dif- how many starters are on a defensive, uh, defensive Eleven. starter? Eleven. And seven of them are going to be gone. So you're going to don't know if they're gone. I'm telling you, they're going to be gone. They don't have the money. Russo is going to start on the edge. Oliver's going to start in the middle. Espinosa's going to be on the other side. Mm-hmm. Edmonds, Milano. Mm-hmm. Ed, uh, White, Poyer, Hyde. Mm-hmm. They've been rotating that second corner. And you're going to sit here and you're going Teron to... Teron Johnson signed, too. Teron Johnson's a really good second corner. Oh, yeah, great. Levi Wallace will be the interesting one because he's a versatile uh, yeah, he's, he's slot probably, guy. He's and he's a free agent at the end of the, the year, so the they'll have to sign him. You know, no, um, that, you they know can draft like his replacement. Want... Slot yeah. corners. Are How much you guys want to bet? How much you want to bet that Buffalo's not even in the top ten in defense next year? How much you want to bet? How much you want to bet? That's not what I said. I I'll, said I'll make it. I'll just East. make it bet. They're, 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 they'll win the AFC East. I okay, don't think that's all I said. Uh, the Broncos are not. I don't think they're going to win. I, th- I just said New England, but they could. Okay, and in that division, the Broncos are going to be much more talented if you add Aaron Rodgers and maybe even Devontae Adams. Okay. Oh, yeah. is that why this is a thing? No, I'm just tell- I'm, t- I'm telling you right now. You keep telling me. He was that comparing Buffalo- competitions in the AFC, which the Chiefs will still be there. And I'm the not Bills. denying that. Chiefs too are going to be losing a lot of defensive. Well, they did too. last year too, and they still recovered nicely. So. No, they did. It did second half. They recovered. Yeah, they did. No, it took a while to get going, but they. And still... I don't think it's going to be like that this year. They're going to lose Matthews, who's a big part of their defense, a huge part of their defense. They're losing him. They're not bringing him back. 
they're, and their secondary is horrible after you lose Matthews. Right. It's a horrible secondary. So teams are going to know how to beat them. Okay, and they don't have money to bring in a top end corner or top end safety. Which, by the way, there's a ton of safeties that are going to be available this offseason. They're going to have to spend money, and they're not, they don't have it. So they got to draft, and they got to depend on youth, and that doesn't work. You got to start over in those positions, and you hope those those positions that you draft fall into what you're doing defensively and offensively. I'm telling you, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to take steps back, and I think Patrick Mahomes has been noticed, and teams are figuring him out. Oh, yeah, they're going to figure them out. Oh, yeah. That's why he went to the AFC Championship. They figured them out. The AFC Championship, again, we're going to go back to the AFC. The AFC, honestly, was weak this year going into the playoffs. This was a weak year for AFC. I disagree. Pittsburgh? Oh, yeah, they're great. Oh, they were wonderful. Yeah, they got, yeah. Who else? Who else made it to the playoffs? The, the Raiders and the Patriots. Were they? The Patriots were great, right? The Patriots were dominant this year. Them and the Bills were neck and neck all year long. You think the Patriots were dominant this year? That defense is top five. I'm in not talking about their defense. Statistic. I'm not talking about their defense. I'm talking about their offense. Mac Jones is a good. Mac Jones is a Pro Bowler. <laughs> Everybody's a Pro Bowler. I just. <laughs> Damian Harris had great weeks. Uh. Kendrick Bourne had great weeks. Their, their offense is not Jacoby that good. Myers their was offense, great all year. Their offense was not good. Jacoby the, Myers. You just named Jacoby the Pages, Myers. The Pages need another receiver. receiver. The Patriots need another receiver. They need two I wide agree. receivers, three but wide receivers. But they're 99% there. Yeah, let me ask you a question. Did they, besides the tight end uh, in Pence, did they have anybody besides Pence over 1,000 yards? Pence. Hunter Henry. Uh, Hunter Henry, I'm sorry. <laughs> what are you laughing at, you idiot? I don't think Hunter Henry had 1,000 yards. <laughs> Jacoby Myers was a leading receiver in yards and catches. Uh, Hunter Henry had nine touchdowns. touchdowns. He had nine touchdowns. Oh, no, John I don't think Smith. he had a thousand John yards. But... John Smith. Yeah, he was hurt a lot this year, John yeah. Smith. What did Jacoby Myers have today, uh, this year? <laughs> I know he was the number one receiver because he was on my face. What did he have this year? I don't know. I have no idea. I'm waiting for speed. 866 yards. I, I guarantee you they didn't have one wide receiver that was over a thousand yards. Okay. Well, that They're, might not be a bad thing. That's not a good thing. Uh, you you, you want to be a dominant offense. You when you when, when the Patriots are at top of their game, their defense was great, and they had one of the top offensive teams in the league. Led by, yeah, we all know what they had. Yeah, they had a great running game. They had a great everything. Like, the the Snark's, Jags are coming. <laughs> Snark says, "I heard they're trading him to the Edmonton Elks of the Canadian Football League." <laughs> Nithin's oh, inside source equals Josh Silverberg. Probably <laughs> spreading Wait, rumors. Wait, what? Snark was saying your inside source is Josh, Josh is? Silverberg. Josh, <laughs> Josh was our our co-host for a while. He would always bring up rumors, and Carl would always make fun of him in the comment section. <laughs> oh, well, he had more yards than I saw. Mm. And then the Jags are coming for them. Oh yeah. <laughs> That abysmal defense and all their injury-prone players. Uh, apparently, so, okay. Miles Jack's going to be on the move, too. So that's good. Yeah, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Is he a free me. agent? No, he's locked up for like four more years, I think. Right, but he's been frustrated with the organization for the oh, last two I years. Think yeah. No, I know, but like he was the one that re- – when everyone else was complaining at the time, Fournette, Ramsey, um, the, the, all the pass rushers, everyone, when everyone else was complaining at the time, he was the only one that was left of that group, and he didn't get what he wanted. He got paid. Well, yeah, he got paid, but he wanted to go. He wanted to get traded. Yeah, well, there'll be a lot of – there's so many guys that play his position that are going to be free agents. I, I think he'll still be there. Yeah, it's not as thin of a position as it used to be. There there's a lot a, of – this, this free agent market is great. Defensively, you're, you're talking about some 
some of the great. Yeah. I was looking at the free agent market the other day, and I was re- uh, telling Jeff, I'm like, I'm like, this market is open. There's a lot of good players that are available. A lot of good safeties, corners, um, pass rushers, mm-hmm. which are more of the priority linemen. positions. Miles Jack plays a, a middle linebacker position, which is a priority there's position. A but there's also a lot of teams with good <laughs> ones now. There's a lot more better ones, and a lot yeah. of the three four defenses now that are good have two good ones. Like well, Vegas, gonna, Vegas yeah. has a lot of money. The Jets have a lot of money. The Jaguars have a lot of money. Um, who else has a lot of money? The on? Colts did a lot, had a lot from last year, too. The Colts have a lot of money. All these teams, they can boost up their teams for next year where they're they're, they're even more of a contender. Mm-hmm. And they position themselves very, very well. Plus, they have the draft, you know, the build on. So the Patriots, I, the Patriots wait, spent a lot of money in the offseason. You have more faith in the Colts than the Bills? Yeah, because they have money. Well, they've also had money for the last two years and don't know how to spend it or they <laughs> underspend it, so we'll see. They have, yeah, to, uh, they have to revert back to their more aggressive style when it comes to free agency. If the, if the Colts want to take the next level, go sign Chandler Jones. Yeah, that would be a really good fit for them because the one yeah. thing, that, like, the, like the Bills defense, the one thing that they were really lacking was that top edge rusher. You think the Colts are the only team that are going to be interested in Chandler Jones? Mm. No, 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 nobody said that. The Jets, Patriots will be interested. Uh, definitely. The, Patriots aren't, the Patriots don't have the money to get him. All right, the Vegas Raiders would be interested. He doesn't want to go back. The Raiders really don't need that. Matter. Though. The, the Patriots Raiders spent all their money in the offseason. No, the Raiders, the Raiders got a nice duo of pass rushers. They're not going to yeah. go after Chandler Jones. They might draft a, a depth guy. but it, they, Plus, they have an, oh, the Patriots have an all-world pass rusher. They don't need. Yeah, they don't need Chandler. And Jones. the Raiders San don't need France it either. Cap-like. The Raiders don't need it either. What happened? What's San Fran's cap like? Probably average, I would imagine, because they got a lot of big contracts, but they also have a lot of like fifth-round picks too. I well, they, if they trade away Jamie Garoppolo, <laughs> That's they, twenty million dollars freed up. Well, it's not freed up because they, they, it, it hits the cap. He's still under contract, so yeah, I would say you're not taking all of that. Yeah, you take half of it, so it's about twelve, thirteen million. That's a lot of money. A player not on your team that you have to pay through the cap. Um, that's a lot. Mm. So I don't know, but him and Nick Bosa would be deadly. Lethal. Who? Him and Nick Bosa. Who? Who's him? Chandler Jones. He's not going He's not going to San Francisco either. San, if San Francisco were to get Who's you, the, who's the te- teams that are leading? I would, I would say the Colts are, are – I know the Jets are seventh. The, Je- the Jets – I think the Panthers are up there too because they yes. lost a lot of veteran – they caught a lot of veteran players. I would imagine they're up there with money <laughs> as well. Minnesota was trying to purge money, but they still have a lot of big contracts left. Uh, the, the Lions have still a lot of bad contracts as well. Uh, the Niners' total cap space right now is 5.07, uh, 5.07 million about right now. Oh. And they will be losing uh, Lakin Tomlinson. they got to sign McGlinchey. I think they'll end up signing McGlinchey. Um, Robbie Gold will probably sign again. Uh, yeah, because McGlinchey is a, a fourth-year player. Yeah. Here, here it is. Baltimore, one. Miami, two. Chargers, three. Jacksonville, four. Cincinnati five, Broncos six, Jets seven, Indianapolis eighth, okay, Seattle ninth, really? Chicago tenth. That's what they're saying right here. Cap tracker Not for two thousand twenty-two, and Baltimore. The fact that Baltimore is first that says a lot because they're a borderline playoff team. They yep. got a lot of money to spend. They still have their picks, and they have so many compensation picks for all the all the players they let go yeah. too. So they so Baltimore's positioned well, very well. Miami's going to stink, so I don't care about them. The Jaguars, the Chargers being third, and, and with the all their the, GM's very good too. So I don't, yeah, don't be surprised if they they have some moves up their sleeve. Cincinnati five, and they're in a Super Bowl. That's mm-hmm. pretty good. Yep. Denver six, 
you know, Aaron Rodgers, aka Aaron Rodgers, aka Devontae Adams. I mean, this could they have money? They they they're willing. I let me see the dead, the dead weights. Broncos have six million dollars dead. That's what it says right here. Um, active money. Uh, I'm trying to find out how much cap space they have. Um, cap space. Cap space all. They're saying Baltimore has 185 million. Hmm. No, I, that's, I think that's just total salary. So they would have, I think, 15 million in cap space right now. It doesn't say that. I'm trying to look for the average of how much money they have. The Broncos have 38 million in cap space. Okay. 38.7. And they're going to have to resign Bradley Chubb, uh, Noah Font, and that's it. Those are the only two guys. I know the Jets have sixty million, and then after some of the drops, they'll have about seventy this off season, and that I think that puts them seventh or sixth in all of the football. And then they have all those draft picks, so the Jets can really re- rebuild their team in the off season and put themselves right there. But you know, you know the Jets; it never works. <laughs> so um, yeah, the Ravens are pretty much everybody signed. So really, only Nick Boyle's the only guy that's a free agent, and he's not. They can replace how much him money do they easily. have? They can replace him pretty easily. They have forty-eight mil- point five million cap. Which is more? Right they're going to get more than that because players are going to be dropped. They're going to have over yeah, but million. most of their guys are signed though, which is a good thing. So they could they still have room to go after a big name offensive lineman or wide receiver or something like that, something that they can – maybe they go after a pass rusher too because they lost both of theirs last year. They need a year. wide receiver. They need a receiver. They need a pass rusher, and they probably need an offensive lineman for sure. I, I told you the best fit for Denzel Mims is Baltimore. I think he'd be perfect over there in their offense. They need a guy that can go out there and get the ball, and I think Mims would be perfect. Yeah. yeah. Watch. I bet you they sign Antonio Brown. Maybe. I think it's stupid. I don't think he's going. Lamar anywhere. wants him. His cousin wants him. That's where he's I thought there. at the time when they when he was first switching off all those he's teams from there. the Bills. I, I thought he, if you want to stick it to the Steelers, go to the Ravens. He's not time. going. There. I don't know about now, but at the time two yeah. years ago, I Ravens, thought that the Ravens are smart enough not to sign him. So yeah, they're not really about the uh, the off field issues as much with your a lot of these story, players. Your franchise quarterback and your franchise wide receiver are asking you to sign a family member? Um, Let me ask you a question. They're going to do it. They're so going to if do I it. told you to – if I paid you $10,000, would you jump off the Brooklyn Bridge? Antonio Brown wants to play football. I don't give a crap. I don't want that cancer in my locker room. That's fine. Please. I'm not saying they should do it. They're going to do it. I, I'm t- you want to bet? Let's bet. Let's bet on that. Antonio Brown never plays another – You know, he, he's going to play. Uh, Antonio Brown will never play another game in NFL in the NFL ever again. I'll, bet? I'll, I'll bet money he plays next year. How much you want to bet? Let's what do you bet. want to bet? Let's bet 50 bucks. No. $50. Sure. Speedy, you heard this. $50. Antonio, Antonio Brown. He's got to just be signed on active roster week one. No, he's got to play. He's got to play. But he's got to be on the team week one. He's got to play. He's got to step on the field and play. He's got to play one step. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. I'll bet you 50 bucks. Antonio Brown never plays football again. Well, you got to bet more than that. No, 50 bucks. I hear you say a word just now, cheapskate. <laughs> uh, I'd see he's not playing again. Uh, not after this. No Snook way. says Max Crosby is a legit badass. The Chargers are becoming more clutch by the game. Yeah, they were a little better this year, Snug, but not still not great. Did you guys see uh, here? Did you guys hear what Tom Brady said about Lamar Jackson? No. Tom what do you say? Tom Brady said, "You're next," meaning uh, the he, he he sees big things coming for Lamar Jackson. He said. 
Good for him. Tom Brady. That's a good seal of approval. Yeah. Well, well, we'll have to see that. He's going to have to start playing in the Tom big game. Tom Brady might uh, be wrong on that one. But... <laughs> Ty, listen, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. You can't. He can't put his uh, spirit in every every quarterback. So they got to. They got to go out there. Some it will be voodoo. <laughs> they got to go out there and play the big game and actually win the big game, which that's. Mm-hmm. It's not that easy. It really is. Everything's got to work. And remember, everything's got to work in your favor. Your special sure. team's got to play. Your defense has got to play. And you got to play. And it, if you're, if even if you're playing well and the other players aren't, you're not going to win. So mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how good you play. I've seen, I've seen quarterbacks. I see <laughs> Peyton Manning in games in, in a playoff game throw over 350 yards and yeah. still lose that game. Uh, the Broncos-Ravens game. Yeah, yeah, I remember. The, that was the big indicative. Of that. He's remember. also had duds, though, too. Yeah, I'm not talking about his duds. I've seen Peyton make Speedy, I'm so sick and tired of you butting in and telling me we play. We all know he's had duds. We all know he's not a winning quarterback in the playoffs. We know that he only has two, winning, two wins over losses in the playoffs. So I don't know why you bring it up. But I've seen great games by quarterbacks. 358 yards, four, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and they lose. Aaron Rodgers' first playoff game, that 51-45 to loss against the Cardinals. He had, he had 350-something yards in that one, too. And they lose. And they lost because he threw a pick. <laughs> Carlos Dansby kicked up in the air and returned for a touchdown. All right, so it, it's, it, it doesn't matter. It, it, it's luck, too. It really is. I'll, I'll say this. you got to be lucky to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. You, you do. You do. Everything's got to work your way. You think in the fourth quarter against the Rams that that stuff doesn't happen? It 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 it, it only happens with Tom Brady. Come on, I, how many times do you see crazy things like that happen in a football game? I've seen it happen three or four times with Tom Brady being the starting quarterback at different, you know, on the Patriots, on the Tampa Bay. Have, how many times have people seen that with other quarterbacks? I mean, yeah, serious. Yeah. I mean, it's just Tom Brady's got. You know, you have to have luck too. <clears throat> I didn't say Tom Brady seven times lucky. I said you need luck to win, and your whole team needs to play on all the cylinders. And if it doesn't, what? you don't win. It's a fact. One player doesn't win championships. Nope. The reason why the Giants won the Super Bowl in 2007, you think it was Eli Manning? I, I love it when Giant fans say, it's Eli, it's Eli. Eli had it makes completely up, Eli. No. He, completely? It was maybe a quarter Eli, Okay. The defense dominated. The reason why they won 2007. Pass rush, yeah. Pass rush. It was their defense that won those championships. Were a big part of the and their special teams. How many big kicks did they have? And David Tyree. Yes, yeah, I was a cat. A luck. David Tyree luck. also had the first touchdown of that game, though. Yeah. You need luck, David Tyree, Julian Edelman. In, against the Atlanta Falcons. Yes, Robert Alford trying to play hero ball rather than just tipping the you ball. You need normally. luck, too, to win. It just doesn't happen. You know, listen. And listen, if you're the quarterback, you win, you lose, you're going to be blamed. You're going to get You're gonna get the credit. So yeah. it is what it is. That's sports. It's it's crazy. Tom Brady won seven titles, which no any, any football team ever, ever has done that or ever has compared to that. So... Of course, people are going to say, well, he's the GOAT. That's great. If that's what they think. That's great. for. But it, it takes a team to win those championships. And those are facts. And that's the way I look at it. That's why T- Tiger Woods was so special at his board. Because it doesn't take a team, t- team to hit those balls and to, to play 72 holes and dominate. Okay? That, that takes one player to do that. That's why it's so difficult. That's why Tiger Woods is a billionaire. 
Not a nice guy, but a billionaire. Ah, mm. uh, Nithin. Thank you for calling, man. I, I is, uh, tomorrow, are you guys doing your Super Bowl picks tomorrow? No. Tom- no, tomorrow we're not doing Super Bowl. We'll, we'll talk to this. We will talk about the NFC and AFC top oh, okay. games okay. for a lot of the show. Uh, Super Bowl picks next week. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll do the cool. Super Bowl. Pick. I got to really look deep into that because you know, a lot of people want to see the Bengals win. But, I mean, yeah. the, I mean, we want to see them win. Will they actually win? We'll see. It scares me with that offensive yeah. line with Von Miller and Aaron Donald coming up the middle right. with these with these two bohemians. Even Aeson Robinson and Greg Gaines have played very well, too. <laughs> the guys to worry about is Von Miller. and the, They caused havoc in that NFC title game. Well, well uh, don't – I mean, you, you, uh, the Bengals have one of the best rookie kickers right now. Shooter oh, yeah. McPherson. Shooter right. McPherson. 13 field goals in the postseason. Gotta love it. <laughs> And you know what? When you see that stuff, it's always bound for that big game for him to blow it. So, I just just remember that we've seen and this there before. Goes the arrow mark sign of approval. We've right seen there. we've seen this before. We, we've seen this before. So, I'm not saying I, I hope. Yeah, Gary can. Anderson. Yeah, that's the best example of that with the Vikings. We've seen it before. <laughs> it's not. Everybody talks about how great of a kicker he is, and it goes into the Super Bowl. And uh, how about the the Saints? Their kicker. He was mm-hmm. he, he didn't miss one field goal kick, and then he goes into the the they win that championship, but it wasn't because of their field goal kicker. He missed was, like, um, he missed two field goals in the in the uh, Super Bowl. That his uh, name is what Will Lutz, right? His name I think no, Will Lutz didn't play in the Super Bowl. It was Garrett Hartley. Hartley. Garrett Hartley was Hartley. Hartley. He missed goal, yeah. he, he he kicked like ten consecutive field goal kicks, and he didn't miss one field goal all season long for the Saints. The 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 who that nation thing. Yeah. And then he goes into the Super Bowl and misses. He fell off really badly after that too. He, he, His, he the next year he right. The next year he was abysmal. I mean, he had the onside kick, which was right. Was, that made up on the two. That made up on the two misses that he had. But sure. they could if they didn't get that onside kick, they lose that game. Thomas Moore yep. did the onside. Kick. So oh, that's right. Yeah, no, you're right. Well, whatever, whatever, whatever it is. The fact is, is that he was he was the hottest kicker. In the mm-hmm. league, he goes into the Super Bowl and misses two field goal kicks. Yeah, and and two one of them was like thirty something yards. Wow. Okay, so it, it, you just never score. Scott Norwood, he said. Yeah, Scott Norwood. Yep. Uh, Steven Goskowski in Super Bowl fifty one and fifty two struggled badly. The only the only person that I never seen with all the pressure is Adam Vinatieri, and that's yeah. why he's going to go. Adam Vinatieri. Yep. Adam Vinatieri mm-hmm. is going to go into the Hall of Fame. Very few kicker placement kickers right. get into Hall of Fame. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame. Because he dominated. What happened? Justin Tucker's going to get in, too. Yeah. The, yeah. the, fir- well, the first kicker has to make it for the whole ripple effect to start. Same thing with other special teams guys. We finally had a couple well, punters Vinatieri that got in. will be the first kicker to get in. Yeah. Rudy yeah. Gay's already in. Or, no, Rudy. Uh... Oh, my God. Well, no. George Rudy Blanda's Guy. in. Ray Guy's a punter. Ray he, Guy's yeah, he's the punter that's in already. But even, even somebody like Devin Hester. Cool. Like, even Devin Hester as a well, kick returner, yeah. too, should be in. I don't know if Devin Hester will ever get in there. Yeah, that, that's the problem. You have this, yeah. this, this, whatever the Hall of Fame voting stipulations are, but he should get and in. I, 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 into the... I met Devin Hester, and I, Devin Hester's a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, oh, nice. Yeah, I met oh. Devin Hester. Yeah, he's a really, really nice guy. Dante Hall should get in. A lot taller in person than he looks on TV. Yeah. Dante Hall? Dante Hall should absolutely get in the Hall of Fame if Devin Hester gets in. Mm-hmm. Mm. But again, that's what my point. It's going to be a ripple effect of special teams because right now it's, it's thin, thin as it is, but it shouldn't be. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be very interesting moving forward. On speaking on, of uh, speaking of the Vikings, uh, near John, Har- I mean uh, Jim Harbaugh going back to Michigan. That's a, that's a, 
That's some, yeah, uh, that seemed inevitable after the the Dolphins are down to their two candidates Jeff's been and saying, the Raiders Jeff's were the other one that was that. on the radar. I guess he, he wanted the Dolphins job? Is that the Dolphins or the Raiders were the only two teams that were probably going to get him. The Vikings just interviewed him, I guess, just to do their due diligence. But I think Jim Harbaugh had no thoughts of going to Miami after all this stuff was happening. I, I, I don't think that with the PR right. shit that's going on over there. Right. Yeah, I don't think he wants any part of that. But, again, what were all the rumors at the time? Brian Flores was fired because they're pursuing Jim Harbaugh. Stephen Ross is a Michigan guy. That was all the rumors at the time. And then the Raiders jumped in as being the other guy because they want the flashy Vegas hire. And then they go with freaking Josh I McDaniels. think Jim Harbaugh just told them he doesn't want the job. He didn't want the Oakland job. I mean, the Las Vegas job. Right. And he was interested in the Vikings job, which I was very surprised when I was hearing that because I didn't think he would be anywhere interested in that. But I think, I think for him it's a good move to stay back in Michigan because – he is. I feel like no, I know no. I feel like it's a good move because um, obviously he can build off from what he did this season. I don't think he's ever going to get an offer of uh, NFL job. I think he's been too far along. Hey, away don't from be NFL. surprised if Jerry Jones calls him no. next year. Jerry Jones is waiting for. Uh, I'm telling you, Peyton. I'm paying. Yeah, uh, Sean Peyton after next year, he, they're going to have to. They're going to have to trade picks. They're going to have yep. to give up more picks. How about them Cowboys? They're going to – he's going to go – he's going you – know, I'll tell you why he's going to go to the Cowboys. His family lives in Texas, and he's always – you know, if you – did you guys ever watch his Netflix thing? They did a, a movie, uh, you know, plays him. Kevin James yeah. plays him. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's, uh, uh, that's a true story. No, no, that's, right. Took, that's right. When he was out, when he was suspended, he coached his son's uh, football team, and uh, he was an assistant offensive coordinator, and he, he had a divorce because of – you know, his football. He, he never had a chance to spend time with his son Connor. I, yeah. I watched it; and it very interesting, um, funny. You know, because they made it a funny movie. Well, Kevin, Kevin James, James yeah. <laughs> you know, it's an Adam Sandler's production. You know what uh, I mean? Yeah. Happy Madison. So, yep. all the all his you know his friends were in it. I mean, Rob Schneider's in it. You know, it's but uh, you know, um, you know Peyton. You know Peyton always wanted to move closer to his family and. I think Dallas, the, the fact that his family yeah. lives in Dallas, I think I it makes think, a lot of sense. Yeah, think, mm-hmm. And also, uh, I think the Saints next, the, the Saints should reach out to Kevin James to be the next head coach, too. <laughs> no. Snuck says, I heard Tom Brady was going to come back as his alter ego bomb Trady and kick for the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Wait, what? And Carl says, Bounty Gate heads west. Who? He's joking. Oh. Bomb Treaty is going to be his alter ego. Well, well I, I think it's going to be very interesting. I mean, Chad Ochocinco. But now, now, now that Tom Brady retires, the the quarterback, you know, of the the century, you know, the top quarterbacks are all gone. Yeah. Now, now it's done. Yeah. Now it's just Aaron Rodgers and everybody else. You mm, know, that's crazy. It's going to be weird man, to see. Because yeah, Aaron Rodgers is a veteran. Mm-hmm. He's the veteran out of Yeah. Who's the, the second oldest is probably Matt Ryan, maybe, or Matthew Stafford. Matt Ryan's still there. He's a good fit. Matt Ryan's a good fit to go to the Giants. Yeah. Know, but I don't think that's going to happen. You know what's funny, though? I, I saw something on Twitter uh, that Jimmy Garoppolo is the only quarterback, active quarterback that has more than one Super Bowl than any other quarterback right now. And, you mean has one or? Well, more than one Super Bowl, I heard. Yeah, because he was a backup for two. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, well, that doesn't mean anything. I mean, do you know who's tied <laughs> oh, with the best win percentage of active I'm... quarterbacks in the playoffs? <laughs> One's Patrick Mahomes, the other one is Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, yes, my play. bad. I forgot He's about Ryan, Fitz, Fitz, Ryan Fitzpatrick. We forgot about Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, He's still Ryan going strong. <laughs> yeah. Do you know that? Do you know that um, Jimmy Garoppolo has the worst quarterback rating in NFL history in fourth quarters? Do you know that in in, in the NFL playoffs? 
Do you know that? I think that's skewed. No, it's not skewed. It's a it's a fact. I I, lo- I looked it up. Well, I'm, he I'm has he is he has the worst quarterback rating in NFL history in the fourth quarter in the playoffs. Okay. I'm just I'm just telling you. So, all right, let's just talk real quick. If you blame Jimmy Garoppolo for the Rams' you, loss, you're you didn't watch seem, the game, dude. Jimmy you Garoppolo, didn't watch the game. Jimmy Garoppolo is he? He wasn't good against San. He wasn't good against Green Bay. All right, Aaron Rodgers wasn't good in that game either. And Aaron uh, Rodgers, you just said, is the best quarterback. Uh, twenty of this for twenty nine, two hundred twenty five yards isn't bad. Ten points, no touchdowns. Uh, okay, that's okay. In, in, putrid uh, for a home playoff 40, game. 40, 40 if mile per hour wins. Aaron Rodgers, you'd be one of them five. 40, 40 mile per hour wins. And you have one wide receiver to throw to, and he was double, triple teamed in the game. Well, it sounds pretty much like Jimmy Garoppolo's conditions in that game, too. Really? Jimmy Debo Garoppolo? Who? J- J- Jimmy Garoppolo in that game, was, it was all because of the defense and the special teams on why they won. Yes. Yes. Sure. Uh, Mr. Tarsh does, know how to, does need to learn how to catch a football. Yes. No, oh, yeah. That would have been helpful. That was game over. Game, set, match. What are you talking about? Jaquaski Tart- dropped Jaquaski the game winning touch the interception. Game-win- interception. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Uh, that's it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. We will talk about the NFC and AFC title game. And uh, do we have any guests? Maybe? Yeah, we have actually a very unique one. We have an actor, country singer, and a professional dirt track racer, John oh, wow. Snyder. Very famous for right. the uh, the 1980s Dukes of Hazard, the original Dukes of Hazard. He also right. has a, a couple country hit songs. He was in Smallville, the 2000s awesome. version. Um, and a lot of a lot of country hits, including the Dukes of Hazard theme song as well. Good old boys. Wow. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Um, maybe we'll hear from Jeff. Speedy maybe we won't. Speedy's getting some pretty good guests, man. Speedy, keep up the great work. Yeah, he's getting yeah, great it makes guests. Makes your job a lot easier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I just want to say thank you for uh, letting me come in as always, and I'm looking forward to tomorrow's show. Thank uh, you. Thank and, you. Uh, Where's Mark? I, yeah, he never came back. Oh, yeah, he never. He must having some kind of issues with his computer, yeah, I guess. But, um, yeah, so please uh, follow our show, The Anner Hour. Please go follow it. We have some really pretty good guests coming up. Uh, t- later, I think t- later today, we're supposed to have a guest coming up at 2 p.m., but I'm still trying to confirm. My team is trying to still confirm about today. But tomorrow, uh, Friday, we have Paula Duca, uh, Matt Legend, Friday. And then Saturday, we got Brandon Lloyd, uh, your, your guest. Uh, Sunday, we Brandon got. Brandon uh, Sployd. Yeah, Sunday we got David Aker's son, Luke Aker's, the mm-hmm. punter. Um, and then Monday we got David Arzma, a former. Yeah, I remember David Arzma. Yeah, yeah, he's coming on Monday. So, and then we're still working on the rest of the week. But uh, to keep supporting our show, keep supporting Loudmouths. They do. They're amazing. Errol, uh, Speedy, and Tyler. I keep saying they're the big three of radio. So. Keep up the great work. Thank you. <laughs> Carl says Quiddy Pay was Skyping in, so Mark <laughs> took the call. That's pretty good. And Snuck says, I would like to see you guys all do Dukes of Hazard slide across the hood of a car. No thanks. Yeah, well, Snug, I, I actually was looking at it. If I want to live. When I, I, found, I, want when I found out we were getting him, his car that he actually races with in – now, I don't think all of his races, but some of, some of the dirt races he does is actually the General Lee car. He actually paints oh. it just like it. Oh, wow. Ugh. Anyways, yeah, let, me, let me ask you guys a question real quick. Uh, so, since we have Paul Loduca, you, you guys don't think Paul Loduca was a good catcher with the back in the day? I think he's underrated. Yeah, yeah. I, I think if you're going to talk with Paul Loduca, I'm going to give you a little tip. Talk mm-hmm. about horse racing with him. That's all he cares. Horse about. racing. That's all he cares about now. Trust me. You talk about horse racing with him, he'll love you. Okay. I'm telling you. I I know. I, I I know Paul Leduca is a big horse race guy. He's, he's I'll I'll bring up horse racing, uh, and you could tell him I said that. Okay. Okay. 
Uh, and then, oh, you want him on your show too? We yeah, why not? I would love Paul Duke on his show. Okay. Tell Paulie yeah. I'll Duke him. Okay. <laughs> oh, but of course. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that's it for our show. We'll see you tomorrow. Good night, everybody. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.